0: Hello, you're listening to The Eric McKenna Project.
1: Are you ready? All right,
0: friends, and welcome to The Eric McKenna Project. Today, my very special guest is a man of magic. That's even saying it lightly, huh? Entertainer, excuse me, entertainer, actor. And yes, he is a magician. Although the culture's trying to change that name, am I right? Yeah, sure. Mr. My... (laughs) Mr. Michael Misko, how are you, sh- It's sir? your show, man, Whatever you
1: want. <laughs> I'm good. How are Here
0: you? Here we go. I'm doing great. Thank you so much. It means a lot you came in today. Thanks for having I me. I don't know what I'm in for, and I just want to get this out for the record, so uh, I did not share this with Michael off camera, that as a young one and growing up my whole life, uh, people of magic, magic men, magic women, magicians... Scared the shit out of me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's the
0: unexpected nature of what's coming. I mean, sure. do you feel that in your craft ever?
1: Uh, you know, there are there are um, there are definitely people, uh, and I I say this with all due respect. There are people um, of a specific religious nature that certainly say, "Well, that's not that's not trickery is of the devil, or this is not right, I, or this I, is wrong." That and, wasn't my angle. <laughs> and, well, no, and I, 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 you know, because a lot of people have said that. To, sure. Not a lot of people, but sure. I've had a handful of people come up to me and say, "Well, we don't." You know, we don't believe in that. Really? Well, well, okay. If I showed you the mechanics of what I'm doing, and you understand that I'm not really uh, trying a warlock. To, yeah, I'm not a warlock. I'm not going to take your firstborn, for God's sake. It could
0: be, be the Bob, right? Yeah.
1: But uh, you know, I'm with you. <laughs> clowns are scary. To you, even to you? Oh, I don't like them per se. Now look, I'm going to get letters. Don't write letters. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Michael Misko, fluffy re- the clown going to. Like there is gonna, yeah. No, no. Where, where do you as a kid though? Where do you encounter clowns? You know where you encounter clowns. As a kid, you encounter clowns at the doctor's or the dentist office, and you know where you see them. You see them on like pictures on the wall. Oh yeah. And you think of that goofy music, at least for yeah. people of my age, the seventies music and the carpenters singing in the background, and then a funny little clown on the, an oil painting clown mm-hmm. on the wall. Sure. And they're
1: horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. I remember watching uh, Wee's Big Adventure. And watching that movie, and he's coming out of the bike shop, and someone stole his bike, and he's having his panic attack, and he looks at this clown who before he <laughs> was just a happy clown, and now this clown's got demonic eyes, yeah, and he's laughing. That's real life, man. Yeah, that's real. Yeah, life. clowns do that. Okay, they so this isn't just me then. No, but magicians were cool. <laughs> we're cool okay fair enough
0: we're fair cool. enough all right so let's take it all the way back you know, sure. is, we're just uh, it's a very unorthodox show but before we even do that you just came off off the i say off the road you came off the sea
1: i did i did yeah. i've been on the uh i've been i've been a cruise ship performer for quite a while uh for the last i've been working on ships since 2015 so really it's uh it's a definitely an interesting lifestyle and i've been wor- i was working on ships pretty hardcore consistently very very consistently i was on the ocean more than I was home for a couple of years, honestly. And um, that changed last year. My wife and I got pregnant, and we uh, gave birth. to We gave birth. She gave birth. To, <laughs> Do not take yeah. credit. I'm going to give you
2: oh, okay. she some she manly could, advice. She complains. Do not take credit. She complains. She's like, oh, honey, I car- yeah,
1: you don't know understand. I carried her for nine months. I'm like, I carried her for 32 years. Let's relax. Okay?
0: Oh, that's going to get you far yeah, I know. <laughs> I know.
1: She's not listening. No, not yet. Not yet. Yeah, not yet. Yeah, not yet. <clears throat> But uh, we gave birth to our uh, first child in January. And so Thank you very much. And so we had to, I had to adjust. I, I just couldn't be gone that long. And not even that long, but being on the on the ocean is such a, uh, it, it compartmentalizes you. It really boxes you out. You can't, communication, man, is, is tough. Now it's changing. It's changing. I've been on the ships since I've left, because uh, I still work the ships. Yeah, I just right. don't do them as consistently. Okay, And... Uh, and and the the internet now is man, times oh man it's lightning speed. But I used to be I used to pay something like forty dollars for six hundred and sixty six megabytes. You got to be kidding me. Mega mega is wow. the one that's smaller yeah, yeah, than gigabyte. Here yeah uh, I'm aware yeah I'm aware. That's uh and so, the and the service was crap. It wasn't yeah good. Well either
0: I, I, I had friends all through like the two thousand and ten on what, what what do we call this decade anyway, the lost decade? Sure. Friends that would go on trips and cruises and it's funny they could. You could reach them when they hit into a port into a call, port, yep. yeah. But while they're on the high seas, there's just nothing. Oh, to me, awful. I would love that. <laughs> I need a
1: break. It's great for a vacation, but that when that's your life, yeah, I bet. that's your and your your point of contact is that. I mean, we would go to. I've I've cruised Alaska a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. In fact, I'm going there again in a couple of weeks. I'm going back up to Alaska, um, but you. I'd be on the ship, and the service up in Alaska is what you would imagine it to be. So I'm just walking around looking for a coffee shop that has wow. Wi-Fi, trying to figure it out. And meanwhile, you see passengers that are going on hikes and they're whale watching and seeing the bald <laughs> eagles, and you're like, "Yeah, it's great. Give me the wi- what's a Wi-Fi password?" You know.
0: So I mean, let's just let's vet that out a little bit. So sure. you're on the sea as a entertainer, yeah. who happens to do magic.
1: Yeah, and it's a it's an interesting lifestyle. It's so they call you a guest entertainer when you're on the ship okay I, so for, I work for Princess Cruises predominantly okay uh, and that's the company that gave me the start on the ocean I, I could tell you how I got there yeah I mean, please let's do us uh, so, yeah, um my, do, do my background is in theater I've done mm-hmm. magic my entire life mm-hmm. I started doing magic when I was six uh, and it was a hobby and it was a hobby and then it became an expensive hobby Then <laughs> it became for a really folks. expensive <laughs> hobby yeah I know uh, and then it became a really expensive <laughs> hobby and then I started doing it and actually turning it into something that was lucrative okay but you don't go to school for magic you don't go to you don't you don't get a degree in magicology although a joke i used to say i say in my show to someone i say yeah actually i i'm college educated sir i went to Magician state um but, so, uh, how'd i go over <laughs> yeah well about like here um and, and and you uh so i was in new york with my wife who is also a performer um, which is a mistake. One of us should have been a one of us should have been a doctor.
0: <laughs> Two performers. Uh, I know. Mary. I
1: know. our daughter, we're surrounding our daughter with stethoscopes and law books and stuff. <laughs> Just, you know, stay away from the cards and the music. But uh, and uh, I was we were in New York and she happened to find my wife happened to find a listing online, one of those places that performers would go to look for auditions. Okay. And it said Princess Cruises was partnering with Steven Schwartz. Now if you don't know Steven Schwartz, he wrote Wicked. He yeah. wrote Pippin oh, yeah. Godspell. Oh yeah. Partnering with Steven Schwartz to create a brand new show a review of his work called magic to do And if you're familiar with his work pippin uh, is one of his shows that he wrote mm-hmm. and the first song is called magic to do in pippin right. and uh, It was this 50, 50 some minute review of Steven's work and they wanted uh, the main character what needed to be a magician. He was a magician They called him the magic maker, but the caveat is that he also has to have a background in musical theater mm. So she shows this to me and it's like babe. That's you That's ridiculous. (laughs) No one is. That's not real. Not real? Turns out it was was real. real. I went to the audition uh, in the city. Wow. And uh, you had to get an appointment because they didn't want just (laughs) any guy that thought he could do a card trick to show up. So they you know, try every guy sitting at the end of a bar. Oh yeah, everywhere. Oh yeah, let me show you Probably this one. Probably two buddy. miles away
0: from where we are right now. Yeah, yeah. Let me come, come here. I'll show you someone to bar peanuts.
1: But I went and I did some. I did some magic for the people, and they said, "Great, thank you. Come back tomorrow." And I went back the next day, and they made me dance. how will And then you know, it's fine. It's fine. I have. A, I, I, I don't know if you know this, but I have a degree. My. I have a minor in dance. Oh dearly. Yeah, I do. Just okay. on paper, really. On paper, the, when you, I have a degree uh, in musical theater. A, that is a degree. That is a degree. <laughs> but the, my degree in musical theater, if on paper based on credit hours, works out to be a double major, double minor. That is a double major in in acting and mm-hmm. vocal performance, mm-hmm. and a double minor in piano <laughs> and dance. Well, then you're perfect uh, here. And here I you're am, their then. dream candidate. I know. <laughs> is, I feel so sorry for them. <laughs> but I went in again on the on the next day, and um, they. They put me through the the paces and said, uh, "Great, you'll hear from us." And then all of a sudden they were, "Oh, thank you." Mm-hmm. All of a sudden they were, um, they were. I got to catch up to you. Excuse me. That's what we do on this show. All of a sudden, the next day uh, or uh, several days later, I uh, finally heard back from them. I said, "Michael, we'd like you to join us um, as the." And they, I had the honor of being the original magician, so I created the role. Wow. Uh, in this show, which was really neat because they didn't really have. They didn't have an idea of what they wanted the character to be. They had the, they had the the bones there, mm-hmm. but how this character actually took shape didn't really exist. Okay. It was and so I got to kind of show them, uh, and there was another magician that was there with me, uh, my buddy Justin, who took the show out on the second ship. Okay. So we kind of got got to work together to sort of create what this character became. And uh, prove to them that he did have a purpose for existing in the show. Because there was a point where I went, oh man, I could get fired tomorrow. Not because I did anything wrong, but because they don't don't need me. There's there's no purpose here yet. And then day by day, the purpose of this character slowly started to show itself but i mean i got to work with some incredible people there was a whole broadway creative team um gabriel barry he directed amazing grace on broadway just recently jennifer paulson lee was a choreographer mark hartman was the music director these brilliant people of course we got to work with steven schwartz he came in he was unbelievable you know when you when you're someone of that stature of that of that type Mm -hmm. he comes in and i go to to walk up to him and introduce myself hi mr schwartz it's nice to meet you my name is and he cuts me off and he goes hi michael nice to meet you he knew all of our names the day he met us. That says a lot. Yeah. And he was so um, he was so easy to work with. I, I like to tell this story because I think this says a lot about him. Um, there's a song that I sing in the middle of the show, and it's called Just Because It's Magic. And it was written for the made-for-TV movie Geppetto, starring Drew Carey and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Okay. And uh, in fact, Julia Louis-Dreyfus sang this song. And it was a a song that my character sang, and I really felt that the the last line of the song was the most important line in the entire show. It was really the crux of what we were trying to get across in the show. And essentially, through this review, we were basically trying to show that... um, you know, magic is, is, it's a little cheesy, but you know, magic is within all of us and mm-hmm. you know, you can do anything if you set your mind to it and it's, it's not because it's magic, it's because of you and the power of love and et cetera, et cetera. And it's about this family unit and my mm-hmm. character sort of watches and observes and leads them in the right direction. And um, the end of the song, th- this song takes place during a fight. This couple is having a fight and I'm sort of there and the, the boy is coming to me going, can't you do some magic and make it go away? And I would produce a bouquet of flowers and I'd say, it's not going to work. Or I'd produce a strand of pearls. It's not going to work. You know. And the crux of the song was it takes, uh, it takes more than magic. Why? Just because. That's the end of the song. So when it was written for Geppetto, it didn't necessarily have the connotation that it had in our production because circumstances were different and they kept giving me this note that they wanted me to sing this the end of this song very rhythmically very in time don't drag it don't pull it back um, but the song was so fast just because it's magic doesn't mean it's easy very very rhythmic uh, or very um, militant in 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 form and i couldn't get that line out the way that i felt it needed to be Underlined mm-hmm. as an actor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it takes more than magic. Why? Just because, you know, it just flies right. And it's already going to fly over the heads of most people because they've never heard this song sure. before. Sure. And so they kept giving me this note, and then Steven gave me the note. And he's like, Yeah, we really need it to stay on the beat. We really need it to stay on the beat. And I kind of clammed up a little bit because I disagreed. But how am I going to stand there and disagree with Steven Schwartz, right? I get it. The Steven Schwartz. What am I going to do? And he could tell. And he was like, and he just finally asked me and he, no, no pretense. And he just said, do you disagree? And I said, I just think that this last line functions differently in this production than it did when you originally wrote it. And I really, really think it's important. Kudos to you to say that to him. And well, he opened the (coughs) door for me to say it. And, uh, and, and I said, and he, and he kind of wrinkled his brow and like, as if he was pondering and he said, can you show me what you mean? Like really, really show me what you mean. I said, "Sure." So we ran the whole song again and I laid it out, man. I we got there and I just punched it. And we were finished with the song and I looked at him and he went, "You're right." Wow. And I was like, "I'm sorry. <laughs> can somebody can we just play this whole scene again? You get that written down?"
0: You were like walking on air
1: at that moment. Oh, right? man, it was so cool. But that was that I don't say that. I don't tell that story because I Best in Steven Ch- It was not that at all. Right. I only had the limited scope of our production to work from. Right. He has now two versions of the song in his head. So all I had to do, all I did was point out one thing that he might just not have thought of. And right. for him to say, mm-hmm. okay. That I think that says I think that says an awful lot about him. And I'm telling you, he was the nicest guy to work with. And I've heard that I had heard that from other people before I'd met him. And I can tell you firsthand he was incredible that's probably uh, you know
0: i hear that story a lot when i work with people in certain fields you've heard that story
1: about me talking to no, Stephen Schwartz no, before no but the, es- oh. the essence of what you were saying <laughs>
0: <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> when people meet people of such accomplishment and such gifts they're very sure. gifted in their field they are approachable they generally and, and they are not as they might be portrayed right you know? Yeah. I think that's uh, I think that's kind of a reoccurring thing. But again, we're all human, so you sure. catch somebody on a wrong day. Oh, I think yeah. you catch somebody on a wrong day, then their legend grows from that one inter that one tough interaction with one person, then it becomes right. a stigma.
1: Right. Right. He was uh, the whole process was incredible. I mean, we workshopped it in LA for five weeks. Right. And then we went from LA to we, t- we had a-, a month off because the cast that was there still had to function as the cast sure, on the ship. Sure. So they went and they installed all their other shows. Okay. And then I had a month off and went to the ship. And then we got hot and heavy back into Magic to do for another five weeks. Wow. And we opened. Wow. We, yeah, it was nuts. Because there's just different things on the ships. Like, for example, something that you would never think about like these chairs that we're sitting in, they're on wheels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if we were on a ship, each one of these wheels would have to lock.
0: Hmm. Because the so shit.
1: I've never been on a cruise ship. So, yeah,
0: so this is all new to me. It, all of it.
1: Well, they're on the ocean, so I'll tell you that. I know that. That's, you know, <laughs> I kind of guessed that. One. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I
0: knew they were on, da 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 on the da da Mississippi da. River or anything yeah. like that, but, <laughs> or, you know, or the Ohio down here. But yeah, <laughs> is there? There, there may be some kind. about oh, well, the Gateway Clipper. That's not yeah. my idea of like a three-day vacation
1: or ten-day vacation. Yeah, understood. But it's the same concept, just a greater scale, right? It's still water, and yeah, it's still water. Is water, and so um, we there were just things that certain things that we didn't think of, or you know, there are certain. And the show was based on magic. There was an illusion, and I mean illusion in every number, and some of them were very dangerous. Some of them were dangerous on land, (laughs) let alone putting them on the ocean. So there were just things that we had to get in and work out, and I was the magic. The I was the, at the end of the process, I right. became sort of like the magic captain, right? The, the person who was there, the qualified individual that could say, sure. this needs to be worked on this. Sure, 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 I was so fortunate to get to work with Jim Steinmeier, who is, to equate that, uh, he is like the Steven Spielberg of magic. Wow. He, if you've seen Lance Burton, David Copperfield, oh, yeah. Penn and Teller, any of these big guys, Jim has had a hand in their work. He's really? a genius. If you've seen Aladdin on Broadway, Mary Poppins on mm-hmm. Broadway, um, what else? Beauty and the Beast on Broadway. He has designed the magic for them. He is. He used to be. He used to work um, heavily with the Imagineers really? in Disney World. He is a genius. Genius. Okay. But. He's also, as you just said, a human. I had some really cool interactions with this guy. I mean, you walk in and you didn't know who you were more excited to work with. Oh my God, that's Steven Schwartz. Oh my God, that's Jim Steinmeier. <laughs> you know, and we would work on stuff. And he had about 80% of the show done. It, maybe my numbering is off a little, but he might have had more than that done before I got there. And I didn't design anything by any stretch, but certain parts of the show had to wait until they knew who the guy was going to be until it was going to be me okay so that they could say okay well let's work towards michael's abilities and mm-hmm. let's you know do what they could do to design what they needed to do to make me look as good as i could look mm-hmm. because i have a specific set of skills well, sure. I, t- I feel like liam neeson and taken <laughs> i have a specific <laughs> set of skills i will find you um you might but I, yeah <laughs> right. but uh, and so I got to work with Jim they, literally they just sent me into a room with him this idol of mine and we're, yeah. he's like All right, how what cool do you... is that though oh man well the weirdest thing was he's like alright what do you think I'm like what do you mean what he's do I think your
0: thoughts yeah
1: well and we got to points yeah. too in the process where um, he was stymied on something and I had an idea and I kind of buttoned my mouth it was almost like with Stephen Schwartz I was like "Who?" I didn't want to say anything. But you also, well, look, we're we're working on the same sure. project together, sure. and the end goal is still the same. Absolutely. So I, I said something, and I went, you know, what about this? And he looked at me, and he went, you know, that's a good idea. Huh. <laughs> and then it was it. Again, I was like, where is that video crew? <laughs> Jeez.
2: And, that's um, my whole resume
1: yeah, now from now on to perpetuity. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. I just sent two quotes in. That's it. The hell with it. But uh, he... Uh, And then my other favorite memory of working with Jim was we were trying to make something happen, trying to make it happen, trying to make it happen, and we couldn't, it just wasn't working. And he finally kind of threw his hands up in the air, and he went over to his bag, and he pulled out a roll of gaff tape. Okay. Duct tape, right. And he came back over, ripped off a strip, and slapped it on. He said, there, that'll stay. And he looked at me and kind of under his breath, and he went... Sometimes magic is just duct tape and bullshit.
2: <laughs> I'm like, what? That's,
1: that's good. Though. What do that's you gr- mean? That's great. And he's so right. He's so right. I can't tell you how many times. Look, all I gotta do is make sure the part of the product that you see looks good. Uh-huh. You don't have to see the behind the, you what do you care about what it looks like behind the scenes?
0: So so okay.
1: Look. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always wanted to
0: ask a man man or a woman of art, a magician, a professional magician, this question. I don't believe in warlocks.
1: Okay, great. Me either. I just
0: don't. I believe there's there's physics in life. You know, science. Science. Yeah. So there has to be a logical reason to everything. Sure. Not that that should ever be shared because that's where the magic goes away. Right. But I'm also a rational human being, and some of the things I see... With my own two eyes from, you, from your ilk. Sure. Astounds me. Like right. mind numbing. Can't give, can't wrap my head around right. it at all. Not at all. I, whether it's this close in proximity or it's something even on television, which you know you're always skeptical on television, you know. Sure. Which, but if it's a quote unquote live show, you kinda of put a little creed and said, Hey yeah, that's actually happening now. It's uh, how do I say this? I think there's a part of our population that actually believes that something really odd is happening there, and you have some kind of gift beyond skill set, okay? That beyond skill set that's there that that we don't have. There's a I honestly believe there are people that believe that
1: there are, and that harkens back to the people that I was telling you about earlier, which is like, look, we don't believe in this. We don't. That's bad. And I can explain. I could explain to you how everything works, but that kills the absolutely. That's not exciting. But there's a reason physics exists. Yeah. Look, I'm not yeah. – so one of the things I had to do on the ship was I had to teach the two of the singers, non-magicians, how mm-hmm. to do the linking rings. Okay. Okay, you've seen the yeah. linking rings. Yeah. Okay, you understand – I still don't get
0: it. <laughs> right, but
1: you understand how – you understand what the trick is. Well, you two, ta- solid you take, rings, two solid rings, solid rings you put them cannot, together. yeah, physics would tell you okay. it's not happening. So <laughs> what does physics tell you then? What must there be to accomplish Something that? has to give. Right. So – when I would teach them this, they would they would have I would call them witch hands. They would they would you know there's a gimmick to hide, and they oh, would yeah. hide it, and their hands would like turn into these witch fingers. <laughs> witch hands. Yeah. And I would say you gotta relax your hand. Yeah, but I gotta hide that. And I said, listen, we're not we're not giving away the story here. People are smart enough to know that, as you say, physics exists. Right. These two solid metal rings. <laughs> are not legitimately passing through each other. That couldn't happen. They know that there is a trick to it. Our job is just to make it look like it's happening and make them forget about that for a little while. So... I don't know, as a magician, it's sort of, yeah, 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 I, I can't tell you how many pe- times people come up to me after a show, and maybe it's because they actually know, or maybe it's because they want to feel better about themselves, and they'll come up and say, yeah, I knew exactly what you were doing the whole time, but I couldn't see it, and I just go, okay, I never great. said that to a magician great, in my great. life. Great, I would think of saying Cool. I knew what I was doing too. <laughs> no, like what do you want? What do you want me to say, right? I mean, two of us. And so, um, but yeah, of course, there's physics, and there's there's reasons to explain it. Like there's a reason. Like if you look at my at my sleeve here, there's a reason. Like I just keep I keep money there. <laughs> I keep a coin there. I keep it. Boy, your your audio listeners are going to be going, "What the hell?" So, those listening on
0: audio from iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, you really need to go to YouTube yeah. or com to watch the show.
1: And that's a that's a Morgan silver dollar. It came I'm from aware. it came from 1879. I got it on my dad's sock drawer. They were in a, they were in these plastic cases he wasn't using them, so I took it out. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> of course if there's one there there's two that's two right but this is where it gets good because if you have two here uh all i have to do that's coin number one coin number two i reach over here that's coin number uh oh two son of a i don't know i'll do it again (laughs) oh no i'll get it i'll get it i'll get it oh come on coin number one coin number two over here is coin number son of a did it again okay hold on watch them both at the same time ready watch one two there Oh come on. That's quite number come one. Come on. I saw both sides of your hands. That's I not know, possible. That's, I know. Not that's not possible. Oh it's under your it's under your drink. Here, let me just grab that. There, that's one, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> that's Warlock. He's in warlock I, mode. <laughs> well, I don't know. You know, it's funny too because I don't know what you what you want to say about this. Like, you look, magic's about perception, isn't it? Right. So, how many coins do you see? Three. Yeah, but if you were looking from behind, how many would you say you saw?
0: I see two now. Two,
1: right? Isn't that weird? If you there's saw like this, of course, so you two. put that one in your hand. And you give it a wave, that disappears. You just go. It actually just goes over here, underneath your uh, your elbow. That's gone. And uh, let's see, I can make them both disappear at the same time. That's both coins gone, just back where they started. <laughs> one behind the. One behind here, one behind there. That's, uh, that's you're one, in warlock two, mode. I'm sorry. Three, <laughs> three quids. You can check them out here. Check them out. You look at them. Check them out. Gone. Okay.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, I got, I, might have got, I might have got that last. Yeah. bit.
1: but um, you know, magic that's is, not, and that is sleight of hand. That's sleight right? of hand. That's what that is. That's that's exactly what that is. There's no. I don't have slots. and I don't have try, skin. I flaps try the here.
0: watch. I mean, I try. I try. So I'm sitting. For for our, for our audio listeners, I'm literally sitting about maybe three feet, two and a half feet away, and I tried, I tried my best to follow, and it just I couldn't do it. I mean that's skill, and, that's, and that you should be complimented on your well, skill, which I absolutely will. It's, it's you're in warlock mode now, but 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 it's. You can see where people would watch and go, That is just crazy. I know there's a,
1: there's a rational explanation to that. There's, a, there's absolutely an explanation for everything. Here, I c- you want you want to learn a trick? I can sure, teach you a trick. Sure. So I do this with. I'll do this a lot. If I don't have something, I'll take my ring off, and uh, I'll I'll put it on my on my finger on, on the bottom finger here. So it's okay. on these two, and I say, watch. I'm going to make a jump from the bottom to the top. It's okay. going to happen fast. You ready? Right, yeah. Good. Yep. You want to see it again? Okay. okay. Oh, there it went. There it went. Oh it Comes back down. Oh. See, now that happened fast. Now for the people that are watching on video, they could just rewind and see how I did it, but I'll teach it to you and I'll teach you why I'll teach you why it works. Okay. 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 So it's here. And if you're listening, I have my index finger is free and then the ring is sticking against the second knuckle of my middle finger. And I'm gonna make it jump from the bottom to the top. That's not what I'm gonna do. That's just what I tell you what I'm gonna do. Okay. 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 So what I do is this. I move my hand, I close my index finger, I put out my ring oh, you finger. you got to be kidding me. And I move it down. And then I come back out and I do that. So you just so change fingers. I just change fingers. Here, I'll show it right to the camera as best I can. Here, Here's the ring on this finger. You move your hand out, you switch, you come back, you've moved back again. And the mind's and not looking for that. The mind's not looking for that. And I'll tell you, I, now that's only part of it. If I just did it that way, it wouldn't work. Here's why it works there's misdirection. What's the misdirection? Laughter, humor. Humor is such strong misdirection. So I say, I'm going to make a jump from the bottom to the top. It's going to happen fast. Don't blink. (laughs) And we laugh. And then I, well, then I shift my fingers a a little bit and I say, do you want to see it again? But I haven't done anything. And you know, I haven't done anything. So you want to see it again? And when you, when you kick back and laugh, I just adjust the hand and I do it. And, when you see that it's gone, then your eyes bug out of your head and go, and then I just do it back. Right. So you have to have the two elements. It's not just doing this. It's, you want to see got it again? It. <laughs> got it, got it, got it, got Boom. it, got it. What? So, and of course, if you do it like this, you put it on your your top finger. This is the one that really freaks people out. You put it on your top finger, right? And then you take it off, and you put it right back on.
0: Because you actually never took it off. That's right. Although it sure looked like you did. I sure did. Back on the thumb. <laughs> So how? Do you, so, okay. Let's take it all the way back. Like, what first got you into that? Because to me, that's there's a lot of dexterity required. Sure, a lot of entertainment required. A lot of, uh, um, how do I say, this? interactive manipulation. Sure, communication manipulation things sure. like that. So how did how did you know at a young age that was something you wanted to do?
1: Well, uh, when I was, uh, I saw my first magic trick from uh, at the hands of my grandfather. Okay, I wasn't a magician. But he did know a few tricks. I'm not a grandfather, but I think grandfathers that are listening probably would agree that you got to learn a trick or two once you're you a grandfather. Sure. It's like a rite of passage,
0: right? I better learn a couple, buddies, So yeah, I'm probably heading in that direction.
1: <laughs> and uh, and uh, he had this marble egg that he kept in the drawer of the table next to his chair. Mm-hmm. And whenever I would come over, he'd pull it out and we would play magic. Okay. And he would make the egg disappear and he would pull it out from behind my ear, or sometimes he would swallow it. And then he would pull it out of his belly button. I'm telling you, my mind was blown. Six years old, mind blown, right? I would take the egg, I'd put it behind my back, shove it into my back pocket. I'd put it in my back pocket. I'd uh, come out with my hands empty. I'd say, Look, Pap, the egg's gone. (laughs) He'd always act so (laughs) impressed, you know? And it wasn't until several years later that I discovered that it was love and not astonishment that he was offering me when I made the egg disappear. Got it. Well, he passed away when I was Mm -hmm. eight years old. Okay, And I didn't really know what that meant. You know, death is, death is difficult enough of a topic for an adult to grasp, let alone an eight-year-old kid, Yeah, right? Yeah. And I was at my grandmother's house after the funeral, and we were on our way out the door, and she stopped me. Now, this is important. This was right after the funeral. She didn't stop my mother. She didn't stop my aunts. She stopped me, you know? She went over to the table next to his chair. She opened up the drawer. She pulled out the marble egg. She came back over and she gave it to me to keep. She said, Michael, I want you to take this home and I want you to practice so that you can be just like Pap. That's it. Really? That's it. Check it out. You keep that with you? I keep it with me. Look at and that. it wasn't until several years later that I discovered that it's it was- a Yeah. That it was, um, this is quite literally, oh geez, throwing it around. That's all right. Uh, this is quite literally the only article of my grandfather's that she parted with after his death. Really? Yeah. And so I did. I took it home and I practiced and I practiced and I checked out piles and piles of magic books from the library. My parents were like, well, at least he's reading, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I finally figured out what it was. it was. It was a coin trick. He just did it with the egg. It's called the French drop. Okay. So he could take the egg. I learned how to take the egg and make it disappear without putting it behind my back. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> and that was it. That was the genesis of uh that was the genesis that of how I got started in magic. How old? Eight? I, well, I was six when he showed it to me. I was eight when he died. And then I would say somewhere and that's would have been when she gave me the egg. Okay. And not long after that I I started doing magic. I started learning magic. And of course you don't just jump in and start doing, you know, sure. Illusions. You don't just jump in and start Dealing the aces from the bottom mm-hmm. of the deck, mm-hmm. you know, you you start small, and I had books, and I still have some of the books, um, some of the books that that uh, uh, that I I first read when I was a kid for sentimental purposes, sure. or even because there's some damn good stuff in those books. You know, I meet I meet a lot of kids on the ship, mm-hmm. uh, boy, we've digressed a lot from that, but I meet a lot of kids on the ship, and when I meet them, if they come up to me after the show. Um, and they express an interest in magic I I go out and I shake hands after the show all the time and if they come up to me and they express an interest in magic you, the rest of you better walk away because I'm going to talk to this kid for as long as he wants to awesome. talk. I think awesome. I think awesome. He or she wants to talk. And yeah. they all, I always say, do you have a trick to show me? <laughs> do, do you, do you, or, or can I show you something? Usually they're too timid to, uh, to sure. ask if they could show me something. Sure. So I say, did you want to show me something? Oh, I didn't bring my deck of cards. I have one and I carry a deck of cards. I sell on the ship. I have a DVD that I sell. Uh, it's just a version of my show. And I, so I'm always out there and I have a case and, and in the case, I always keep a couple decks of cards wrapped, like brand new bridge cards. I'll get to that in yeah, a minute. Yeah. And then just a regular deck of cards. So if they come up and they say, yeah, but I don't have cards. So like, great. I have cards. You here, show me. Cause I want That's to talk cool. to these kids. I want to encourage them. That's I cool. want to, I want to, if I can help you, mm-hmm. someone help me. Mm-hmm. You know, I cannot pinpoint the exact person that other than my grandfather inspiring me to do it. Uh, really, it was my grandmother. I suppose inspired me to do it because she gave me the egg and a charge, you know. But <laughs> absolutely, I, I, I can't absolutely pu- right. right. I can't pinpoint the exact person, but I know I had guys that I met at the magic shop or whatever that would encourage me to, like, here, let me show you how to make this better. Let me show you how to get better. Let's let's leave the status quo behind. Let's mm-hmm. get better. Let's progress. Mm-hmm. Let's, yeah. But you could do it this way. Yeah, but that's hard. I know. S- and do it okay or don't and be happy with that so i see these kids coming forward and you know yeah i don't try to vet them and figure out if they really really want to do this for a living but i do say would you show me something Okay. And chances are they show me there's like two or three tricks. Their grandfather's trick. <laughs> yeah. And I say, That's awesome. Can I show you something that'll help make this easier? Yeah. And I God say, God bless I say you, it man. like that. And then awesome. uh, do you want me to do you want to do it here or do you want to like or do you want to like go away from mom and dad? Let and they have different answers and I'll just stand here and we'll or we'll walk a couple feet over and I'll just whisper and I'll say, try it like this. Do it this way. Just this one thing. And you see their eyes light up and they go, oh, yeah. Do you want to go back and should do it again yeah yeah or one kid one kid I'll never forget this one kid no I'd like to go practice it again I'm like
2: yes
0: <laughs> yes that is right
1: you know and then I talk to I try talking to the parents and I say look if this is something yeah that they really want to do please reach out to me mm-hmm. find me on Facebook here's my information send me an email find me on Facebook because it, when a kid expresses interest in baseball mm-hmm um, Your son, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. You might not know that much about baseball, but hey. it, it's not hard to. Well, I'm just you know.
0: <laughs> not this dad. <laughs> yeah, no, but ch- I'm but, sorry. But chances are, you you know, you yes. might not know that yes. much about I, baseball. I, I there's elements of baseball I have known nothing about. But you're right. You're right.
1: But you're right. You do know how to relatively parent a kid that's going into sports, mm-hmm. right? It's it's easier. No question. That because it's 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 popular. No question. If your son said I want to be a magician and of course you're just as supportive. No question. But, but how, how how how? And it's we this this business that I'm in is built on secrets. How did your parents
0: So step back a little bit. How did your parents react um obviously when you were 6 or 8 or 10, that's one thing, but when you were 12, 14, 16 mm-hmm. still really digging this and getting good at it. Mm-hmm.
1: How how was the acceptance there? there? There was never anything other than acceptance. Very cool. Never. There was there was. You could feel. There was a palp- palpable apprehension. Mm, I like that phrase. But they kept it to themselves. It was. I mean, you know, I, I I'm telling you, I know now. My daughter's only four months old, but mm-hmm. I worry, right? Mm-hmm. And now you're both entertainers. How can you not? Oh, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Just quit, quit bringing it up. Jeez, jeez, rubbing it in, man. But you know, there's there there was a there was an apprehension, and you could feel it because. And then what did I do? I was a magician, and then I said, "It's okay. I'll make a great life choice. I'm going to go to school for theater." <laughs> <laughs> Which honestly is a smart way to do it because yeah, they well, were relieved did they ta- I didn't want to be a magician. At all. <laughs>
0: They do tie together, though. They do. You've made it happen. That they way. do,
1: and that's that. There, there is something there. You know, my parents have been nothing but supportive my entire life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even even if it's at even if there is initial apprehension, which there never is. At least it's never expressed to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I may hear about it later. But it's, it's, it's been nothing but support. And so I try to express that to the parents and I say, look, if he wants to, or she wants to do this, reach out to me. I will help point you in the right direction. To you feel Is it about giving back? It's a little bit about giving back and it's also a little selfish. It's about creating good magicians okay. because bad magicians are bad for magic. Bad magicians. Look, think about it this way. If you have a company party mm-hmm. and you're, you're hiring the entertainment for the company party mm-hmm. and you hire a singer, a band. I've done that. Okay, you hire a cover band or something. They were terrible. They were. But would you still would you hire another band next year? We didn't. You no. didn't? I had okay. A DJ. Well, okay, well, you yeah, but you still had music. Mm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. If you, you know, if you if you if you encounter a bad magician, chances are never again. You're never going to hire a magician Good again. point good point so it yeah i'm it's human I'm, nature though. I, I want to give uh, it is about giving back and, and educating because i'd like teaching and i think teaching is a no is one of the noblest professions and i've never been a teacher but i've tried to teach mm-hmm. you know i try to teach mm-hmm. and uh, when i can and um but also with these kids, it's it's better for magic if you pr- if magic is producing good magicians, and a lot of times I talk to the kids and I say, Girl, "Where do you learn your stuff?" And they go, "Well, yeah, I watch videos on YouTube," <laughs> and I don't I don't ever roll my eyes and and say, "You gotta, you know, that's, that's wrong." With that's with everything. That's you know. what they've got, and I say, yeah, "Okay, yeah. do you read any books?" You didn't have that. Do you? I didn't have that. Did you? Do you wish you did? Uh, it certainly makes uh, accessing inter- information easier, but. I was able to develop and I again with all due respect I mean this I was able to develop my own personality and not a copy good point you good know point. that's that's something else that that ended up occurring that ends up occurring you you end up if you see somebody else perform something you cannot help but try to mm-hmm. just think about it with music if you hear if mm-hmm. you hear I right. don't know, hey Jude for example mm-hmm. how can you not try to sing it mm-hmm that way right because it's so damn good right and that's why i like going to books because there are books and there is text and there is suggested pattern or dialogue personal interpretation personal interpretation now certain things xyz has to happen in order for you to accomplish the effect but you can you can put your own spin on it now if i'm confused this is where youtube comes in if i'm confused man that's just really dense Mm -hmm. it's really hard to to dissect sometimes you'll spend a half an hour on one paragraph because it's that when you're talking about digits and phalanges and and it's nuts the stuff that we read it's almost like medical text to a degree as Mm -hmm. far as complication certainly nowhere near as life threatening but but laughing is good laughter is the best medicine Mm -hmm. i'm convinced and uh and so then i'll go to youtube and then I'll look up that specific thing so oh that's what they meant okay got it thank you if I'm stuck if I'm stymied if I can't figure out man I just cannot come up with something for this I'll I'll Google what's Eric McKenna do with this Okay. oh cool okay now I'm out of the box got it now it's jogged my brain got and I, now I've got somewhere else to go so that's your
0: description of how you use YouTube let me give you a, something an analogy and you respond um I learned to play guitar by uh, a good instructor. Sure. But also cassettes. Uh, I learned later in life. So there, there was CDs. But you know, my teacher learned by taking the needle <laughs> on the record player and pulling it back, playing along, pulling it back, and just listening. Oh, to figure the Suzuki it out. method. Yeah. Well, yeah. my point to you is, I look at it now, and I, I, I'm, I'm a nitnoid the surf. Um, I find this fascinating. You'll probably laugh. I take the most complex, hard rock musical pieces that I grew up with imaginable. Stuff from sure. Kiss and Rush. Not Kiss, excuse me, not Kiss. Rush, uh, yes, uh, some of the Zeppelin stuff. Okay, Deep Some Deep Purple, things that are very intricate. And I go on YouTube, mm-hmm. and I find these kids, and they're usually in other countries, that in high definition are there playing these songs every minutia of every note the 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 tone the inflection the nuances mm-hmm. are all there sure and the kid's 8 years old right mind blown oh,
1: poof, poof. Right.
0: right so the youth i think youtube made that not, and i always see of course old older people say hey if i had that when i was in the your age yada 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 but i look back at that and go wow when i learned it was kind of like skipping the cd or skipping the cassette tape and but I guess YouTube has been a great informational and educational sure. education is a tough word to use, but an informational source for so sure. many to learn. If the passion's there, right? Would you
1: not agree? I would. I, I would agree. I, I would agree, and I, I think as long as you can, as long as you can maintain originality, then there's Ooh, nothing that, that's wrong a with good it. Good phrase. That's a good phrase. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, look in my show. I do I, my stand-up show. Uh, Michael Misco, magician, comedian, cracker of wise, is. <laughs> What oh, was that again? One more time. Michael Misco, mm-hmm. magician, comedian, cracker of wise. Mm-hmm. And they can reach you where? Miskomagic.com. I w- do you w- care that. www.misko, M-I-S-K-O, magic, M-A-G-I-C, M-A-G-I-C miskomagic.com. Oh, miscomagic.com. Oh. miskomagic.com. Okay. Sorry to interrupt you. That's okay. I think we've hit the, 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 the quota. <laughs> There's <laughs> no quota, The, the requisite quota. This is my show. You say,
0: if you want to go 45 minutes and repeat the same thing, we'll
1: probably broadcast
0: two minutes of it, but we'll do That's it. It's fine.
1: Um, uh, yeah, as long as you can maintain originality, I have no problem with that. In my show, I have – my show is ridiculously commercial. And by that, I meaning mean – Meaning what? Meaning – um, I could get, well. I'll try not to get technical as far because it just won't. Oh, be. we can handle it. it well. <laughs> okay. No, I just I, I I'll try not to use the jargon is what I mean. Okay. Uh, there's a there's a trick called the five card repeat where I have five cards and I throw one away and I still have five cards and then I throw two away and I still have five cards and I throw three away and I still have five cards. Five card repeat, right? Okay. Um and I open my show with that with a version of that. Um, it's a very popular trick. A lot of people do it. The way that I do it has my invokes my personality. So if I said to another magician, I do the five card repeat, I do the cut and restored rope, I do the the cut and restored rope is sort of self explanatory. Yeah, take a rope, you cut it, it, it. put it back together. In my mind, I'm
0: saying, where have I seen that before?
1: Right. I do uh, 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 what we would call a built a lemon. I do uh, what we call a book test, and I do the cups and balls.
0: sorry sorry
1: (laughs) would you believe he's the older one folks yeah i'm the older one yeah yeah, and i'm also
0: three down already go ahead
1: uh right cheers i um i do the cups and balls and then i end the i end the show with uh an effect called the gypsy thread those are six very like staples staples it's just like a blues scale in e major Okay. Or minor, or, minor. Or, or E minor, or a, a blue uh, uh, your it. C major scale. Yeah, right. Yep. That's that's it. But you would play that the way you play it. I mm-hmm. present it the mm-hmm. way that I present it. So uh, wh- my show is terribly commercial. It's not. It's not acerbic, It's not out there. You don't have to wrap your mind around it to figure it out, which is great. Which is a great gimmick for a lot of magicians. Mm-hmm. A lot of magicians make their Shin Lim. I'm sure you mm-hmm. are familiar with him. Mm-hmm. He does some of the most mind blowing magic i've ever seen that theatrical setting that he presents and that 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 overblown dramatic hype that he brings to it is the build unbelievable Mm -hmm. and i'm not taking anything away from him Mm -hmm. but he can't do that everywhere Right, understood. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. so my show. It's location it, specific or scene specific. Absolutely. If 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 the magic, there's a lot of great magic out there, but if it does not fit in a case that fits under the seat of the chair in front of me on the plane, in, it's not in my show. Interesting. So so uh, let's,
0: let's talk about that for a second because I think a lot of a lot of Americans sure <clears throat> grew up in the last twenty five years watching Copperfield and and I guess Chris Angel's the latest one now. He's really got an edgy thing going on there but see as a consumer of of television to watch that particular item i look at it with a lot of skepticism because it's television there's a little editing there i'm not saying he's not creating an illusion for that vegas audience sure sure he is but it's it's not to me look i think david copperfield made the the statue of liberty disappear or something i mean i'm not saying there was a lot of like money spent and i'm not I'm not questioning the legitimacy of it, but what you just did here in front of me, with my eyes trying to wrap my my head around what's going on, that is organically beautiful to me. That's sure. an art. Well, thanks. That's an art to me, like like music, like, like theater, like like singing, like like poetry. It's an art. That the illusion of that on a big scale coming through a television, or even seeing it in an audience of of a, mm-hmm. a 300 people.
1: It's not as impressive to me. Does that make any sense? It makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. There uh, there are guys, and I have been one of them, uh, and I may be one of these guys again that would, in the middle of my stand-up show, do a close-up bit with a deck of cards, but I'm doing it in front of 1,000 people, and I've got a camera, and I bring it down, and I present it on the screen. Sure, Now, I know some guys have made an entire show out of that, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I also know that there are audience members that go, if I wanted to watch TV, I could have stayed home. Got it. Um... You know, David Blaine, David Copperfield, Chris Angel—these guys. You know, David Blaine. We have David Blaine. I think to thank for the resurgence that magic is feeling. Really? Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, because he came out and he he woke it. He woke us up again with that David Blaine street magic that he did in the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, he's levitating six feet off the ground. Mm-hmm. Now, without without speaking out of school here. Where'd he go? What he's uh, he's on tour. He's on okay. tour, catching a bullet in his mouth every night. And he's—I'm sorry—he's catching a bullet in his mouth every night. I get it. He's not pretending to catch a bullet; he's catching a bullet in his mouth. He had a special—he oh, had a special mouth guard fashioned. He's catching a bullet in his mouth every night. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, but that's him. For for him, the Chris
0: Angel usurp him. Did, did did it come around where like we had Blaine? and then mm-hmm. 0809 2010 all of a sudden Chris Angel poof. I get that rock star thing going on. Chris Angel know?
1: is a different style okay. than David Blaine. They're two completely different styles. Both of them um, David Blaine in particular is an exceptional technician okay. as far as what he can do okay. although you never know it based on what he presents. Okay. Right? Um we have him in particular and Chris Angel, to a degree, to thank for bringing magic back into the mainstream. Okay. Penn and Teller, oh yeah, certainly, oh yeah, certainly, those two guys. Um, odd, what, what odd, I, oh, yeah, <laughs> <but> they're hysterical. <laughs> what I, what I will say though, is that they don't resort to camera tricks. They take advantage of the fact that they are using the medium of television. There's a difference. No question. There's a big difference. No question. Right? We could, we could superimpose something on the screen and i could pretend like i'm holding it in my hand that's a camera trick taking advantage of the fact that as i'm looking at this camera you cannot see what my hand is doing up here you cannot see outside of the frame that we impose upon you that's different you know so when people say well that's impossible well it might be impossible if you were there the whole time not impossible because the medium that he is per- for whom he film. is performing is film and television that's his desired audience the, the audience that david blaine performs for is not people on the street he's performing for us in our homes he knows got his it. audience got it you have to know angel, your audience. angel too same thing absolutely now chris angel has a, vegas, a show that he does in vegas so that changes yeah. the rules the rules are different
0: so I'm gonna be careful how I say this to you uh-huh. um, so a rock a rock musician that I worked with closely for a long period of time very popular guy right. good guy his friends were angel okay. developed a friendship with him um, and they staff around this particular musician Got a chance to go in, backstage, hang out, do the whole thing. Got a little glimpse of the show and then enjoy the show because I guess it's a standing show in Vegas for periods of time, mm-hmm. right? And the member of this entourage of this particular musician told me point blank that it is the most mind-boggling thing imaginable and that it, everybody is spellbound. They just cannot figure, even in a big scheme of things, even getting a peek backstage, no one can figure out how the hell this guy's doing the shit he's doing. Right. I mean, Mind-blown. Sure, even getting an inside peek into the whole thing, which really probably wasn't didn't amount to much. Sure. I'm guessing, but what is the, is it more about the entertainment on that level, Michael, or is it really more about the actual aspect of magic?
1: Well, I mean, when you're paying, or does it matter when you're paying? Uh, you know, that's an interesting question. When you're paying those kind of prices for tickets to to a show in Vegas, right? It's you you want to feel as though you've experienced something okay you've you started in a and you have ended in at z okay and it's been a journey and we've gone there together i i would say that for me look i i would if i cannot there are uh, hundreds and hundreds of wonderful tricks in the art of magic Mm -hmm. that i will never perform because i can either it doesn't fit my character and my character is very well defined, who I am on stage versus who I am off stage. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's essentially an exaggerated version of me, but there are still isms to, sure. to my stage character Understood. that don't affect my real life. So it either doesn't work for my character or more specifically, well, and this is also relating back to not working with my character. I can't figure out how to make it funny. Ah, okay. To me, okay. to me, if I cannot use it to make you laugh... It's worthless to me, and I mean worthless. Interesting. In, in a respectful manner, I don't mean that it is not of worth. It's just to me, I cannot use it.
0: To using the element of complete entertainment, then
1: absolutely. I want you to come out of my show, with with a with a uh, your sides hurt. Good. I like that because you've laughed the whole time. My show is you know my show is anywhere my stand up show. This is, this is di- I do a whole bunch of different mm-hmm. things uh, but my, my stand up show specifically if you came to see me on a ship is about 52 minutes long um, and I have that, that version of that show I can do that show anywhere between about 30, 30 35 to um, 75 minutes okay. I can do that show okay. and it, it to me it should be comedy comedy, 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 comedy now I have one part of the show where I pull it back and I, I lift up the curtain and I let you in to me but it's towards the end and I've earned it at that point. I don't come out and start trying to touch me and I'll read your mind or, you know, <laughs> like I the Blaine thing or sure, whatever. I don't sure. come out that way. I okay. come out, I'm in charge, I'm in control, this is my show, welcome, good evening, we're going to have a good time together. Okay, that's enough of that. Let me tell you a little <laughs> bit about me and by this point... You are ready to listen. Okay. If I started with that, or if I put that somewhere else in the show, you'd you'd check out because I haven't engaged you enough. There's another. I, I do a. I do a, a, a. We call it the build a lemon. I don't want to tell you where the bill ends up, but it's in the title. <laughs> and but I borrow a hundred dollar bill from an audience member, and I do it at a very specific point in my show because if I tried to borrow it earlier my rate of success of receiving the hundred would be much less than it is where I do it because I have not invested enough money, quote unquote, into the bank of the audience. If I came out and said, Good evening folks, welcome to the show, I need to borrow a hundred dollar bill, no one's gonna give me a hundred. I might get a five. No one's gonna I want a hundred though. It needs to be a hundred. Yeah, I can do it with anything. I can do it with a buck. But there's no risk. If it's a buck, who cares if it's a buck? I love that. You know? A hundred dollar bill. I know at least one person is staying till the end of my show. You know? <laughs> so, you know, for me, it's about it's about the the overall experience. I know I have a lot of good friends, yeah. Uh, good, dear friends. Justin, the guy that I mentioned earlier, one of my dearest friends, certainly one of my closer friends in in the magic community. He and I disagree on almost everything. Okay. Does that mean that he does bad magic? No. It's does different. That, does that mean that I do bad magic? No. We, I have the utmost respect for what he does and the way that he does it, but to me that doesn't work. And he has the utmost respect for what I do and the way that I do it, but for him it doesn't work. In fact, we had a show. We did a two-man show at one point where we played on that. Really, we, we played on that theme. Okay. And, and we introduced ourselves in a in a clever way to the audience, and, and you know he he's more of a mentalist, um, and I'm a I'm more of a classic magician. And we introduced ourselves to the audience that way And said so, good evening ladies and gentlemen My name is Michael Misco, And my name is Justin Gentry And uh, I hate magic mentalism You know <laughs> And then we, and we, we, we basically took our We took our proclivities And approached the same trick from different directions How a mentalist would do it oh, that's How cool. a magician would do it And it was interesting It was an interesting experiment And we never got to expound upon it We performed it twice uh, On a ship Ironically enough, and it was very well received and we try as we might, we could not convince people that it was literally the only time we'd ever done it, that we didn't work together forever, which is on, I suppose, a compliment to us. But also, you know, people people think that if you can get up on stage and you can right. speak fluently, you know, speak clearly that oh, you must have you must have been doing this for a long time, you know, um, and and it was interesting to see how it worked. And and I'll tell you, he and I disagree on so many things that we work really well together which sounds like it shouldn't interesting work. yeah but i come at things from this angle and he comes at things from this angle and somehow we meet in the middle and all of a sudden it's like oh well here's the method here's how you do it you know we have methods you know ways the tricks work method in our head that are just like floating around up there <laughs> and All of a sudden you just are able to, you you hear I have a premise for this. What if I did this, this, and this? And then you're like, oh man, wait. And then it just comes out of your mind and here you go. I could never use that, but that's a great idea. Got it. You know? And so, but Justin, and I won't say that it's not about entertainment for him, but he wants you, he wants you to be affected by his magic. Right? He wants you to feel- I want you to have a good time, right? right he right, wants right. you to feel like
0: disturbed, something disturbed. Like yeah. I can't figure that out. How they do that? Da, 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 da. Yeah. It, one of the things that um, I think that w- with the proliferation of the internet going way back, but especially with YouTube, like 2007 ish on, eight on, the illusion thing. Street magicians, were that you're walking down the street and they, they, you know, they bother you, they right? Don't. But. And they are able to do the craziest thing, like, like here's things I don't understand. And again, I'm not asking for answers. I'm just going to tell you as a, as an average consumer, this is the things I don't understand. It blows me away. You would meet me in the street and da da da, and we talk, and all of a sudden, like you know, we do a card trick, and you say, "Hey, check your back pocket," and the card would come out of my back pocket. I didn't have that card. I was, I was doing business, or I was hanging out with my kids, or I was 30 miles away 20 minutes ago. How'd that card end up in my back pocket? See, I know there's a logical physics-related answer to that, but that sure. kind of stuff is so mind-numbing. And I think that that, that that street performer stuff is, I think it's prevalent again. Maybe Blaine ushered it back. Maybe that's, like you said, how it happened, but that kind of stuff. Is way more fascinating to me that one on one or one on seven interaction compared to, again, you know, making a building disappear or whatever. I mean, there's an element of, there's an element of uh, showmanship to that, and it's grandiose on scale. But does it make me really, really wonder? No, that kind of stuff does.
1: There, making sense? Yeah, it does. It. You it, ready yet? There, oh, I'm going to forget your question. It's the Eric
0: McKenna project, pal. That's what we do here.
1: The project, yeah. I'm going to forget your question now. Um, you know, there's uh If I ever wrote a book on magic, thank you. If mm-hmm. I ever wrote a book on magic, uh, it would be on theory. It would be on magic theory. Okay. Because I think I Are can, you a traditionalist? Um, at, at, what do you mean? Um... Mm, Houdini. Uh, uh, Houdini. Houdini was an amazing escape artist. Yeah, we'll talk about him. Houdini He's was an amazing list. escape He's artist. He's on my list. Okay. Um, I got okay. Okay. Um, if I wrote a book on magic, it would be on theory because I think with a with a background in theater, which is what I have, I theory makes sense to me. If I can't figure out how to motivate something from a from a theatrical standpoint, I won't do it. If I have to put my hand in my pocket to get a secret something or to get rid of a secret something, but I don't have a reason to go to my pocket, I won't do it. Okay. Right. Excuse me. I think that if there is, so let's go back to David Blaine. Okay. On his very first special, he levitated off the ground. Right. 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 I could levitate for you over in the over here. I could do what he did. Okay. I won't, but I could. Okay. If I wanted to. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but I could. I I, the, the mechanics- My wide angle lenses aren't wide enough to do yeah, that, I but I would challenge you. <laughs> I know. The, mechani- the mechanics I- exist to do what he did, right? And I would come off the ground and I would have only levitated. In reality, I would have left the ground, quote unquote, about yay high. Okay. Okay, but I'd come down off the ground, and I'd turn around. and I go, Whew. man, jeez, so it how, took something out of you? How high did I get? About that high? Now that is more than double. What you actually? Did. What I actually did. But I'm going like this, and saying, "How high did I get? About that high?" And you're amazed, and you're I've caught you I've caught you in a in a weak moment. An astonishment. Yeah, and you're going, yeah. Well, now when you go and tell your buddy what you saw (laughs) now it's like this high (laughs) the title of my book would be the fish was this big sometimes i get it sometimes the memory of the magic and this is a quote this is a quote from my uh, my good friend doc dixon the man i when i say the quote i'm paraphrasing him but i'll give him the credit the memory of the magic is sometimes stronger than the actual magic Hmm. one of the greatest magic tricks i've ever done i've never done there's a guy uh, an acquaintance of mine who insists that I had him think of a card. Okay. And then I made it appear inside his shoe with his signature on it. Okay. You're saying you never did it. I'm here to tell you. I hope he's not listening. I don't want to ruin this.
0: <laughs> he might be.
1: I'm here to tell you. That's crazy. That that's impossible. <laughs> I never did that trick. What I did in all likelihood, and I don't remember it, but what I did in all likelihood was asked him to select a card, sign his name on it, and made it appear inside my shoe. Okay. That is, there is a plausible explanation for that. Okay. But what he remembered is that I asked him to think of a card. And then not only did his signature magically appear on it but it ended up inside his shoe.
0: And that's misinterpretation of the facts over mm-hmm. time.
1: And I'm here to tell you that not only is that <laughs> impossible, but that is a much better <laughs> trick than what I could have done. That's you know I could have done that.
0: So it's like you know, that, old, that old thing you did when you were in, like in kindergarten or first grade. The teacher would put you in a semicircle, and the teacher would whisper a, a sentence, in the one kid, and they'd pass it around. And by the time it got to the very last kid, they'd whisper to the teacher, and it was something completely different.
1: sure. Yeah, that's it. You know, I have people that I have people that carry. I'll have you sign a uh, sign a bill or sign a card, and I'll see people later, and they'll pull it out of their wallet and say that they have it, and I'll say, "Oh, I'll ask him what trick I did with it," and invariably, the description, their description of what I did is greater than what I did. That's fascinating. The memory of the magic is that's greater than the magic.
0: Fascinating to me. That's fascinating.
1: And it's not about the trick. It's not about the trick, at all. It's about what you can make someone. It's about. It's about what you put into it. But still, you meet
0: someone on the street, you ask them the full round of cards, and all of a sudden the card you're asking for is in their back pocket. Now, how
1: the hell does that happen? <laughs>
0: I mean, I, you know, come on. Come on. Are I you mean, sure you're
1: remembering it correctly?
0: Yeah, it was YouTube. Or it was, I mean... <laughs> oh,
1: okay, so I didn't have any... It, you saw that? Okay. <laughs> I didn't see it in person. Okay. Okay,
0: I got you. Good point. I get it. All right, point noted, point noted. Yeah, that's it's still... I
1: mean... Uh, Who were your influences Growing up Like who were the Magicians you admired Oh magician Um Goodness Well my friend My friend Doc Dixon That I mentioned It it was a huge influence For me And uh I He is a Dear friend of mine now But I There is a There is a slight Age difference Between the two of us He's a little more Mature than I am Mature Mature Um by how but, much uh, b- uh, I don't know I'd say he's probably got he's got at least 15 years on me okay if not maybe maybe a little more I'm buttering him up I think he's in his 15 I don't know but nothing um, wrong with that yeah no he's he's but he's I, I idolize this guy I, we worked together at the Greater Pittsburgh Renaissance Festival okay in uh the out, Renaissance out Festival? Yeah, it's a whole other story. Oh, that's a story. In. Oh uh, no, no okay. we're, we're gonna get that, sure. that
0: Houdini. We're definitely yeah, talking great. about. <laughs> so we worked together, but I had
1: the, I had the privilege. I was I was the court jester, so I I worked with the yeah the horns and everything. Right, this is when I was in high school, and I <clears throat> excuse me, I um, what high school by the way? Moon Area. Yeah, Moon Area High School. My, my,
0: my kids go there.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, they get to go into the new school. Uh, like, yeah. One's graduating
0: this year. One's two years away. Oh,
1: congratulations! Well, thank you. Yeah. Good school. I, I loved it. My daughter will be going there. Hopefully. Awesome. awesome. So, um, we, I, I got to watch him. I got to watch him work all the time. I if I could make it to his show, I went to his show, and he did something like four or five shows a day, yeah. and I got to see it, and I got to see what a professional did. Every single day. And I t- I've told him since that how much, you know, and I, I I don't believe that he understood what it meant to me. And I've explained it to him and he, I know he poo poos it to a degree. But, um, uh, you know, I asked him a question at one point and I said, hey, I, I've, I've been working on this. I think I got it. And he kind of rolled his eyes and was like, listen, kid, you can't, <laughs> you don't just get that in a week. Like it takes pros years to get to that. And I was like, oh. Wow! It does. Okay, and all of a sudden, it just—I—I I started to look at magic from a different perspective, um, because of him. There was, uh, and and we we talk all the time. We we now we we swap war stories to a degree. In fact, I, there was something that happened uh, while I was on a ship, and I texted him right after it happened. And <laughs> he called me right away, and I said hello, and this is all he did. <laughs> he laughed. <laughs> no. uh, sorry, I just had to I just had to do that for you. And I'm like, you're right. It's hysterical. You know, I'll never do that again. And uh some things you can't inter- you can't prepare for certain things until you until they've happened to you. Sure. Sure. And uh, this one thing in particular which I I won't get I can't get into. Okay. But he he just—I texted him. I said, "Hey, you know yeah. how this happens?" Well, this happened, and he just called me and started laughing. It was just great. Um, so he was definitely an influence for me, uh, and his style is very similar to mine. We both have—we both have—we um, both do stand-up comedy, magic. Mm-hmm. We both have large comedy elements. So that's yeah. that's
0: that's unique to me. Yeah, I'm probably not unique to you, but that's when I think about a magician, and then performing with comedy on top of it. Mm-hmm. It probably helps. To a degree, like you were talking about before, right. getting the laughter, getting this st- right. with slight of hand and all
1: that. But well, I mean, and it's different than being a prop comic. What's that? A prop comic is puppet. Uh, someone- <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Hi, laughs> hello, how <laughs> Yeah, it's it, it, uh, Mr. Uh, hand to a degree. <laughs> to it to a degree. Yeah, but I mean, it's 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 a, the comedy then becomes about the prop. Okay. Uh, now, for me, the comedy magic provides the circumstance for me to have the comedy. Um I I do a trick with a piece of rope. I don't the joke isn't about the rope. The the comedy isn't about the rope, but the circumstance that surrounds it. You know, I could if I went to an open mic night, I could probably do 5 minutes. I could do maybe 10 really? without without yeah. magic yeah, just yeah. literally me and a microphone. Probably be I fun. could do that. But I'd be nervous as hell. Really? Yeah. I'd be I'd be nervous as hell to do it because there's a with the magic there's a barrier between me and you, you know there's oh, there's there's, there's something there's something else that's interesting and, which is also why which is also another reason why I don't do the big prop stuff I don't do the big box illusions because I feel like there's another that's that's yes there is a barrier if I did the cups and balls for you right here there mm-hmm. would be three cups three balls and a magic wand right and but if I did something like sawing a lady in half. Yeah. Right? then, there's this whole thing between me and you, and that gives me an added another protection, another barrier. Another barrier. So I prefer doing the stuff that is this not smaller stuff, but I prefer it to be about me and our relationship than about the props yeah, that are in my hand. you're close
0: to the audience and what you do, right? You're there. I mean, you're right. like there. Well, there the are interactions times. very tight. Sure.
1: there are times where I pref- I work at a restaurant, so I work at um, when I'm in town. Mm-hmm. So don't don't mm-hmm. hold me to this. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm in town and available. I work Friday nights at the Cadillac Ranch up at Settlers Ridge. How cool is that? Okay. Yeah. And I'll do, be there from 5 to 7, mm-hmm. usually. And I'll do Walk Around Magic at the table side, which is an interesting animal. This Friday? Uh, I will be there this Friday. Right. I will be there this Friday. Right. Although, I don't know when you're going to have this posted. for the onslaught. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, yeah. oh, no, we'll it all, just we'll depends on when you're going to post this.
0: So, uh, tomorrow. So, well, then, yeah. yeah, I'll be oh, there yeah. this Friday. No question.
1: Unless you're watching this next week, and then I won't be. So... <laughs> What's the
0: date? Look at the get time the, stamp today. We never do this on the show, but what's oh, the date? Oh geez. Today's date well, is Friday.
1: the is the 20... Eighth? 28th. 28th, yeah. yeah. So today's May 28th? The 1st? Yeah, June 1st. I'll be there June 1st. There June 1st.
0: Cadillac Ranch, Robinson, what do they call uh, it. Settler's Ridge. Settlers
1: Ridge. Settlers Ridge in Robinson. In Robinson. Yeah, I'll yes. be up there from 5 to 7. But it's interesting when you do tape I have a little a little table there for you.
0: Great. I'll do, when you do magic, and I'm gonna be watching you.
1: <laughs> when you do it there, it's interesting because people didn't come to see magic usually. Now, if you heard this, maybe you show up. But if but people don't usually they come to have a meal and they or they, drink or, or drink or they come to a drunk audience is easier. Yeah, right. It's <laughs> so much just, easier. Our drunk audience is easier. <laughs> so much easier. But you know, it's a it's an interesting thing when you. I'm stepping into your. Right. I'm stepping into your zone yeah. and now I really am up close i'm I'm actually even closer than I am to you currently right. because you right. would be right here eating right and I'm standing or drinking right and um so that's interesting the stuff has to be bulletproof in that no doubt in that capacity um when I do my stand-up show on the ship I, there is I'd say the front row is probably about as close as you are to me okay but the back row is about you know yeah. it depends on Thousand, uh, folks, thousand folks, probably. Yeah, the last ship I was on just hel- held just over a thousand wow. people. Um, yeah. Wow.
0: So second nature now, though. No fear, no nothing. I mean, I, it's just... I
1: get excited. Cool. You know, cool. if if you're not nervous, yeah, that means you don't care. Got it. And when you're a pro, you have to care all the time. You have to care. It's not, you know, there's a there's a uh, an old quote: of an amateur magician does. A bunch of different tricks for the same audience. Hmm. A professional magician does the same tricks for a bunch of different audiences. Yeah, and I'm fortunate in that I get to do a, certainly. Then my show is my show because it's I've done it. I know it inside and out. I know how to troubleshoot it. Um,
0: does it ever get yeah. any element of the show ever gets stale for you? And if it does, is that when you know you need to change it?
1: Um, if it does, that probably means I'm not focusing. Huh. Honestly, okay. because it works. The show works. There are parts of it where I go, yeah, you know, and if it's not working, that means that I probably, that it's me. It's not the material. It's me. So I have to adjust. Because the material's proven. The material's proven. It works. I've gotten the laughs I know where they come I know how it works if the show isn't if people aren't laughing you know there's the occasion where you get an audience that's that's either too drunk to pay attention or they're too tired or they're too you know on a cruise ship you don't know where you're going so maybe they've got heat stroke yeah and they've been they've been we're in Cabo for the day and they had to deal with a tender and they're all seasick and they've had margaritas and they're exhausted right I have to work harder for that crowd sure but it's my job not theirs Got it. the you. They you get, you, the audience, get to enjoy that d- as much as it irritates me. Mm-hmm. It is your prerogative to enjoy the show however you want to enjoy it. As long as they pay. Yeah. As, <laughs> yeah. As long as the check. <laughs> well, like, but, you know, on a cruise ship, you're not there yeah. to see me. You're there to take the cruise. I am an answer. I'm ancillary. ancillary. Right. right. You know. Um, so, what, w- what, um,
0: how did you come about deciding the cruise ships were a good avenue for you to uh, to further populate your career?
1: Oh, that's they hired me. I mean, that's the answer. They, that when I did this show that I mentioned with Stephen Schwartz,
0: you're right. Oh, it, was, it went gotcha. on to ships. Okay,
1: and got it. One of the got one it. of the contingencies with the contract was I had to be able to present. Um, I had to do the show Magic to do, and then I also had to provide them a lounge mm-hmm. show. Got it. And from there, my show grew. What do you like better? The stage or the lounge? I will tell the, you that the, theater the, the will never theater will never not be a part of my life. Sure. I need there there is a, as 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 hokey as it sounds, I need to be able to feed that certain artistic part of of me. Um when when I'm doing magic, I'm in complete control. Got it. I have control over everything or at least 95% of everything. Got it. Excuse me. Um, and I... <clears throat> excuse me again. When I get to do... When, when I'm in a production show, just like magic to do was, or... Um, I just, uh, I had the fortune of being in Newsies at, with the Pittsburgh oh, Musical Theater. I saw that. You did? I saw, yeah, I saw I was that. in it. Awesome. I uh,
0: didn't know, that I did not know. I was
1: in it. I was the guy that sold the newspapers, and I, no I ran the deli, and I was the mayor. I had,
0: that was I had no
1: idea. See? <laughs> that was my Small me. world, pal. So, um, wow. and I had a wonderful time, a wonderful wow. time with PMT and wow. with these, with this, uh, with, with, with the show and the cast. Wonderful time. But I still had to... I don't. I mean, this this makes it sound pedantic almost, but I had to do what I was told. I had to. I didn't. I had no creative control. Or well, I. I did. That's not fair because I had several conversations with the director saying, "Hey, this is what I'm thinking," and he went, "Great, try that. Okay. Do it." Yes, that works. Keep good. it. You know, he was, uh, Trey was a very, uh, uh very open to anything like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you're, you function differently in that show, mm-hmm. you function as, as a cog in a, a cog, in a machine. As yeah. It's
0: not your show.
1: Right. And when it's my show, I make all the decisions. Right. So there's a certain there there are there are pros and cons to both sides. When you're part of a cast, there's this family feeling. Yeah. There's this un, this yeah. feeling of ensemble mm-hmm. of completeness of wholeness. Mm-hmm. And when you're doing your one-man show, it's you. But it is lonely. You're
0: out on an island.
1: It is it is the pro and the con is that it's you mm-hmm. and the con is it's, it's you. you. <laughs> so if you don't like me and my particular I have a particular brand of blunt Mm-hmm. Witty, you know, I got a line for everything type humor. You don't like that? Well, then, sorry.
0: Could you do com- or Excuse me. Could you do magic without comedy?
1: Absolutely. I have done. I do it in my show. Remember, I, I at the end of the show, I get to. I've earned the right to lift up the mask and peel back the curtain. Okay. And, and put the comedy aside. You earned the right. Yeah. So you've oh, earned Oh geez, slow down for God's sakes. I have a four month old at home. <laughs> That's what we do in this show. For goodness sake. These coughs are gonna start turning into belches in a minute. So yeah. Okay.
0: Answer this is this is where the where the actual host actually gets to ask a couple
1: questions. All right. Houdini, fascinating to me.
0: Yeah. What you love, what you hate, what you don't like about him.
1: Houdini was um, an amazing escape artist what's real what's lore <sighs> mm, good one huh <laughs> Houdini was fascinated with the supernatural um, after he was fascinated with the supernatural and debunking mediums and everything uh, and
0: meaning what
1: he, he had a very close relationship with his mother very close relationship with his mother a weird I don't relationship know what his that mother. means but I know that we he were had a entering close the Freud
0: section of the Eric McKenna project show. yeah <laughs> <laughs> we can leave that alone if you want but
1: I mean no, I, I, there was
0: something odd going on there
1: no he he was an interesting man he he was uh born in Hungary mm-hmm. moved to I believe it was Appleton Wisconsin I think his name is Eric Weiss. Appleton, Wisconsin. I think that's, that's correct. a good spot for him to land. I know it was Wisconsin. All, all of your magician listen your, the magician historians that are listening are oh, going you're to wrong. write in. Yeah, it. Yeah, no, it wasn't wrong. Appleton. That jackass is wrong. Um he wanted to be a fanta- like the greatest magician in the world. And he just was lacking certain things to make that possible possible. Okay. Um he was Short, stout. Um, he did not have a pleasing speaking voice. He had stubby fingers. He compared to the great magician of his, of the day, the grandfather of modern magic, uh, Jean-Robert Houdin, mm-hmm. who was this elegant yes. gentleman. Wore evening tales and really, really designed what we as magicians do today. The structure came from him. In fact, that's how Houdini got his name. He took his last name. His name was Eric Weiss. Right. Hungarian born. He took Houdini from Robert Houdin. Wow. Houdini. I see. I learned something. A little, little Houdin. Got, it. Right? got and it. He took Harry from um, the Erie native, Erie PA, Harry Keller. Okay. The great wizard of the north. Harry Keller. Really? So Harry Keller Robert Houdin, Harry Houdini—that's where that came from. Um, aside from the supernatural, because it's, it, when his mother died- when you died, say
0: debunked, what do you mean by that? It when his he...
1: mother died, he wanted to communicate with her, and oh, so, so he, he
0: believed in the supernatural.
1: Mm-hmm. And he was that mixed with magic. He went to all these. Well, he went to all these mediums, and he said. I would like to communicate with my mother. And he realized that they were, that the first time he went, he realized that they Taking were, it money. was a ruse. Okay. It was a ruse. They were, you know, the tambourine was moving because <laughs> they had it hooked up to a trigger on his foot or something. Right, right, And right. so he made it his mission to travel around and, and expose these mediums. Oh, okay. It almost became his life's work okay. after his mother died. And yeah. he said to his wife, Bess, when I die, if there is a way to communicate. I will communicate with you if there is a way okay and i you will know it's me because I will say this whatever phrase that they agreed upon i you'll know it's me, and every year on his on the anniversary of his death, which is october thirty first nineteen twenty eight those magic historians are going to be so mad at me. <laughs> oh well. Yeah, it was Halloween, and she used to hold a séance every Halloween. Okay. To to and he never made contact. <laughs> never made contact. Now, whether or not that means it's true, that's not what I'm saying. This is just I'm reporting the facts here, folks. Physics, but
0: science. Houdini
1: um, <laughs> was a master escapist, but even better than and he was a mediocre magician. Okay, let's talk about the escapism. That's what okay. he's known for, right? Right. And it was an illusion. There or was it real? Well, it was real that he escaped. Yeah, depending on how you you view it. Okay, that there's also what he was better at than escapology. Like, is that a word? That is a word. <laughs> it, is <Cool>. <laughs> it is now. It's <laughs> now. What he was better at than escapology was um, marketing, hmm. promoting. Really, uh, Jim Steinmeier, as we mentioned. I just mentioned him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he wrote a book okay. called "Hiding the Elephant" or "How Magicians Learned to Create the Impossible and Make Themselves Disappear." It is commercially available. You can get it on Amazon. It's a marketing book, probably, right? No, it's a, it's about magic. It's a magic book. It's a it's a book about magic that and doesn't give that gives away secrets, oh. but not enough of them for you to be able to do anything i get it enough for you to understand what he's talking about but not enough and you can get it on amazon it's a
0: frustrating is that you can get it on amazon (laughs) i
1: highly recommend the book it's actually quite interesting and there's a story about um houdini in there and he talks about houdini and he mentions that in fact houdini was a mediocre magician but perhaps his greatest magic trick was creating harry houdini And the way that he promoted him and the way that he talked about him and the way that he promoted himself, I should say, excuse me, the way that he, you know, he had a, he used to do this milk can escape where he would go into this big milk can and lid would be put on and water in there. And he had, he would escape after 20 minutes, he would escape. Well, (laughs) after 40 seconds, he would escape, but he would sit back there for. (laughs) (laughs) Of
0: course, of another course.
1: fifteen or sixteen minutes before he would. He was building the suspense, the angst. Yep, and you know this is back in the day when ladies would swoon. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I can't believe it. You know, <laughs> although one day he made he had this great idea to um, partner with a beer distributor. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ultra today, by the yeah. way.
1: He had this great idea to partner with a beer distributor and he was going to escape a a a milk crate a milk can full of beer okay but he almost died because he didn't take into account the fact that the carbon that as the beer would um mm-hmm. uh, carbonation carbonation that that was carbon dioxide and he almost because there wow. was uh, there was space in there Right to breathe. Right when it was water, it's, it's filled with carbon dioxide. He almost died. He literally wow. almost died. Wow! And there's a common misconception that he died doing the Chinese water torture escape. But he, yes, I never heard that. Where you would, where he would get lowered in, and he died inside the, inside the water How torture. How did he cell. Die? He died from an appendicitis. <laughs> I'm no, not
0: really? kidding. Really?
1: Yeah. He used to, he used to uh, boast. Uh, like I said, he was short and stocky. He was right. very thick. Right. He used to boast that he could take a punch from the strongest man okay and he would he would when he would do it he would clench, tense up clench, and, yeah. and he could take that punch he was a very strong man after a show one night he he um, a, a a young student came back and said hey Mr. Houdini we hear it's true that you can take a punch is is that true and he said yeah it's true and this kid just hauled off and socked him in the gut now whether burst it, his appendix burst his appendix wow he died of an appendicitis. What well, an
0: unceremonial way to go. Right. Or ceremonious way to go. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. It's almost better if he died in the ch- water torture. Now, the w- which legendary is legendary then, right? W- yeah. Well, there was, uh, there was another magician. His name was uh, Chung Ling Su, who uh, did the Chinese water t- uh, Nope. Uh, did the um, the bullet catch. Okay. And he died one night doing the bullet catch. <laughs> Like he died. It shot in the head, or <laughs> yeah, he <did. laughs> the bullet. Well, bull struck him struck him. Yeah, well, there was a gimmick, yeah. of course, and there was there yeah. was something that had, and this was done with rifles, and there was a there was a gimmick to it, and the the bullet didn't catch him. There was there was a shrapnel, basically, wow. that got into Is it the a rifle? shotgun. <laughs> no, it was it was a, no. There, that's the exact. That's the point. There wasn't the uh, uh, apparently. The gun was not cleaned as it should have Got been. It. Got it. Right? And they he was- Scored it somehow in the mm-hmm. chamber. Yeah, I get mm-hmm. it. And he died. I mean, wow. magic's dangerous, man. That's why I stick to ropes. <laughs> ropes and cards and cups and balls. So-, <laughs>
0: so We're not like going there. Like a child. Like a child. Sina, I can't help it. It's the beer. I can't help it. Yeah. So- <laughs> Hmm. So Blaine suspends himself a decade and a half ago, or maybe 12 years ago- he suspends himself in a
1: plexiglass see-through container mm-hmm. above Times Square? Where the hell was he? Oh, the plexiglass container, He that was him buried in water. He buried underwater for seven days. Yeah, I remember days. that one too. Right. He did that, and he did three days inside the block of ice. So those are real things, yeah. right? He really so does. So his it.
0: endurance. He, it's there's enduring. no magic there it's like it's just it's idiocy
1: no I, I mean that yeah it's, he really does it he That's really awesome. does it there's That's a awesome. there's a, a great magician another way you were mentioning uh, people I looked up to yeah. there was another yeah. magician his name was Tom Mullica who was the greatest bar magician that ever lived or at least one Mullica. of the greatest bar, bar okay. magicians that ever lived and he had this routine where he um, swallowed a pack of cigarettes he, okay. would, he would light the cigarettes. He would take them, he would one at a time, take them into his mouth, bring them back out, smoke them, take them back out. And he had, I believe, 12 cigarettes in his mouth. He would take them into his mouth. He would just bring his mouth around them, stuff some napkins in there, and swallow them. Now, that's a magic trick. Okay. Don't go. <laughs> Full disclaimer. For goodness' yeah. sake, Smoking don't go doing kill you. that. Don't go doing that. Swallowing cigarettes will kill you. Yeah. David Blaine, before Tom Malika died, asked Tom if he would teach him that routine. And he did. But David just wanted to know the mechanics of how it worked. He wanted to really swallow the cigarettes. And he did. David Blaine had a routine where he would drink a gallon of water, then legitimately swallow a pack of cigarettes. Thank you and good night and then go upset himself after the show. Wow. I mean, sorry to ruin the surprise, but like, why? You know, that's because exactly. That's weird. That's, that's odd. But David Blaine is also the guy catching a bullet in his mouth. So explain that to me. I, I, I've missed all of that. What's going on there? He's doing a bullet catch, but he's actually doing it. He had a mouth guard fashioned that he puts in his mouth and it's, it's, now the, the now the rifle that fires is like a 22 it's not it's not any you know it it's ain't no high power it ain't right? no bb gun yeah, but it's I not get it i get it it's not the most powerful right. weapon in the world right and he had this thing AK-47, fashioned. right <laughs> yeah he had this thing fashioned and he has a laser sight on it and he's the one that does it the thing is sighted and he looks in a he has a mirror and he sees the 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 beam in his mouth and he pulls the string and he fires it in his mouth
0: what would possess you to take that risk?
1: You'd have to ask him. <laughs> I'm guessing you're not doing it anytime soon. Oh no, <laughs> no. Well, that's why he pulls the string. No one on his team wanted to. No one on his team they would accept the culpability for. So as a doing kid, that.
0: so as a kid, you see these old videos where a guy would shoot like a gun, a big long, <laughs> like look like a rifle of some kind, and he would shoot like an apple on this like young lady's head. Sure. And you, you, I figured that one out. A Little explosive in, by the apple, and the guns shooting blanks. I get that. But then you see a guy with an archery set. He's got mm-hmm. his bow, right? Mm-hmm. And you see the video of that, and he lets the bow go, and boop. I mean, like, you never know what's like feasible <laughs> and what's
1: not feasible. Well, that's why I it's mean, that's why it's such good magic. It is good because
0: magic. It is good magic.
1: Is that is that possible? Right. Yes. Is it possible? to sharpshoot with a bow and arrow an apple off of somebody's head or whatever. Pop the balloon. Is that possible? Yes. Probable.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Dangerous. 100%. Is
1: it probable that they're doing that every single time? Right. Right. Okay. Do you just perform this once? Like, what's the, what's your rate of success? Well, you're
0: going to run out of like victims at some point in time, right? You're, you're going to end up in jail. One of the what's two. your rate
1: of success? You know, what's the, what's your? Okay, well, ninety nine percent of the time. So if you're the volunteer, you're going. If you're the person that's getting shot at, you're like, wait, is this the time? Is this <laughs> is the this one? The t- you know. Is
0: this the t- I'm not sure that pays enough, Michael. Yeah. Is, the, is, is this happening? Here we go. Like, so. So you seem to be a student, also of history of magic in this country. So, was there a point in time where, like, I think back to you know the witch uh, trials of like like Salem and magic? Magic's always kind of danced around that nonsense of uh, spiritual. I mean, was there a period in time in this country where, like, you know, magic was forbidden?
1: Oh, okay. So we happened to have touched on things that I just happen to know a little bit about. I am not in any stretch of magic historian okay. to the we're having a conversation to, to yeah. the degree to the degree where I could certainly speak on that what sure. I do know mm-hmm. is that again hearkening back to the very first thing we said yes at the beginning of this the religious episode of, yeah. is there was that yeah. there was that I don't understand it it must be of the devil because I don't understand because it. I don't understand it and there's you know there's a very famous poster that involved that uh, where there are um there's a magician. I think it was Dante had the first one. Mm-hmm. Again, these ma- the, the real magic historians are going to write in and tell me I'm full of it. But Dante, I believe, had the first one where he had imps, like devilish imps on his mm-hmm. shoulder. And there are some guys... Out there that have tried to recreate that poster, you know, modernize and recreate that poster with their own image, which is kind of cool if you think about it, Mm -hmm. uh, pay, paying a nice homage to the the old time and whatnot, but there are people that that other people won't touch it or say it's a bad idea because, well, you don't want to promote that. You don't want to promote, you're promoting that this is of the devil. This is, it's not, it's just an image. It's a, it's it's a thing. An image, an image has the power that you give it. Right. But, and some people give it a lot of power. Um, and I would say that, uh, you know, I don't know for a fact if there was ever a time where magic was prohibited. You'd think but, so. You know, it. there was also a time where drinking was illegal too. Shh. Sure. We don't uh, prohibition. Yeah, That's a bad word here. You know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I, 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 cannot, I cannot accurately answer that question. But it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, people, di- you know, the Salem witch trials. If you think about that, awesome. people died. Same. People died because they, they, they. I mean, the women died because they were hysterical, quote unquote, because they had an orgasm. For God's sakes, right? And they couldn't right. point point their finger on what what right. would make her act like yeah. that. She's a witch. Yeah, insanity. I'm not a witch. I'm your insanity, wife.
0: Insanity. Yeah, insanity. So, I mean, have you have you ever been encountered in, in your by career by a witch? No. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. But uh, have you ever been accosted? But have you ever been somewhere where? Listen, there's a lot of like religious zealots everywhere. Mm-hmm. So you're in a, you're a ship. I'm hoping everybody's having a good time. Or have you ever been accosted by those who obviously have a very... Pool. I hate this word, but ultra, ultra, ultra conservative bent toward life. And you are the devil, or you are of not nothing healthy. You are not of anything healthy.
1: If I if I have, uh, it was certainly something that didn't matter enough to me. Good. To, Glad to hear put that. any credence to it, and which is not to say that I don't. That look, you you are welcome to whatever belief that you want to have, sure. and just like I'm welcome to have sure. the ones that I have. And if you're going to start pointing fingers and spouting, if that's what you need, okay. Well, I'm not going to stand here and take it. Yeah. But yeah. okay.
0: Yeah. And I, I bring that up because uh, in my prior life, a lot of the musicians I worked with were of the hard rock nature. Mm-hmm. And we would all, in in very frank conversations, we would talk back about the early '80s, the '70s, and so forth, where they were labeled. Now they sure. kind of the record companies kind of you know they bought into that whole thing, the seediness of it all, or the, but uh, the stereotypes were just really tough for some of them to break. Sure. It took a long time to realize, hey, you know, we don't worship Satan, there's no upside down pentagram on the floor, and right. but, oh, hell it it, it, but, yeah. but it was entertainment, but ultimately they benefited from it from popularity, but eventually it became an albatross around a lot of their necks and they sure. didn't like it.
1: Well, I mean, you're looking at, I was, uh, I, I, I'm an actor, I, I'm a heterosexual male mm-hmm. with a musical theater degree. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, and Understood. that's not a, Understood. and I don't say that lightly either. I don't mean to, I don't mean to, there are people that get labeled or, or sure. certainly in worse, yeah, no question, in worse ways than that, but no oh man, if look, if the worst thing that I had to put up with was a, was a misplaced gay joke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm doing okay. No question. You know. And that's that's it. Like I I'm com- look, this is what I do for a living. Right. This is how I do it. I I'm, right. I'm here to make people laugh. I'm here to yeah. have a good time. The
0: comedy I'm... element's great though. That's a great yeah. aspect of your show.
1: Well, thanks. I you know, I I think it's fun because if we're not I don't know, especially as every day goes by, things become more and more serious in whatever capacity you you want to look at it and it's people want that escape mm-hmm. people want you know my my um my uncle and i uh used to get into a disagreement in the as it pertained to theater i would we were talking and this was back when i was in school and i knew everything <laughs> You know, my mother. Said, my mother said, my mother, "Your son's about to go to school, isn't he?" Yes, yeah. Yeah. My mother yes, said, "Just yes. a heads up for you." My yes. mother said that uh, she never hated me more <laughs> than when I came home for fall break my first semester. Uh, of and I'm like, "What do you mean, mom?" She said, "Cause you knew everything, yeah. and there was nothing." It's uh, called freshman intelligence. T- yeah. Right? right. I didn't just say she hated me, but she was like, "God, you were so annoying." I have no recollection of this. But of course, not. yeah, why would I? But uh, my uncle and I used to get into a disagreement about um, a specific uh, piece of musical theater, Sweeney Todd, okay? Um, Ooh, that's tough to watch. It is tough to watch, but it's a brilliant piece of yeah. theater. The right? gore, the gore is tough to watch. The gore is tough to watch. It's about a guy slitting people's throats. Mm-hmm. But if you look at Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp who Johnny did, Depp did it yeah. in the movie. Yeah, uh-huh. the original was Len Cariou. Yes, and then yes. quickly taken over by George Hearn. Part was written the female, the Mrs. Levitt, the the female role was written for Angela Lansbury. I did not written for Angela, Angela Lansbury. Lansbury. Yep, wow. I'll yep, see. Mrs. Potts, y'all. Very informative <laughs> yeah. show today. Yeah, you're very welcome. <laughs> Keep so, drinking. Pal. We used to, yeah, <laughs> we used to, we used to get into this disagreement about. Um, about Sweeney Todd, and I would say, man, this is such a great show, it's such a great show, and he said to me, he's like, yeah, I don't like it. I don't want to... I don't like it. I don't... Pah, I don't like it. And I would say, well, what do you mean? And what do you mean? What do you mean you don't like it? What do you mean you don't like it? God, it's got all of this, and it's great, and it's epic, and it's sweeping, and the music. And he said, Michael, if I want to go out and see someone cut someone's throat, I'll go outside, and I'll go in my backyard. I'll go in my backyard, and I'll look down the street. And you never... <clears throat> Excuse me it, it, You know And it turns out that It turns out that if you You never know what someone's experience is mm-hmm. Before they get to where you are At this exact moment right. So you know it turns And he had said to me on, on numerous occasions that he grew up On the wrong side of the tracks Quote unquote Okay. He was like I don't I don't need to see that I've seen it Yeah yeah i've done now maybe not to the extent where it's slitting people's throats right but i've seen that i don't need to see it well what's your favorite show his favorite show is man of la mancha okay why do you like man of la mancha because of that song the impossible dream Mm -hmm. the quest Mm -hmm. this is my quest to follow that star and i'm saying here i am in college going (laughs) oh god what does he know Right? Life perspective, though. right? Life perspective. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. that's exactly what it is. Life, but with per- twenty one, I'm twenty, twenty one years old. Right. I'm out in the world. I'm flexing my muscles. I'm, I, I used to have those, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm peacocking, strutting around. I'm, and you're edgy. I'm hot stuff. Yeah, or trying to be. You think you are. Yeah, <laughs> exactly that's right. You think you are, and you come back and like perspe- <clears throat> Look, I'm thirty three years old. Mm-hmm. That is not by no stretch is that is that aged that is not midlife yet, that is nothing, but still the perspective between now and sure. what 12 years ago was sure. when I turned 21. You're 20 years on me. And I looked, well, mm. you look great, though. Oh, thank you. I love you, this guy. anyone ever tell you, you look like Garth Brooks?
0: Do you ever get that? He's pudgy, though. Don't tell me that. No, that's
1: not what i said. <laughs> but you got the hat thing. Like, you said that, I didn't. I'm this thinking guy. of Garth Brooks oh, with, like, forever. the American yeah, flag. Yeah, no, like the greatest Garth hits. is awesome. I yeah. love
0: Garth. I love Garth.
1: And, uh, and, uh... <laughs> Well jeez, now what am I supposed to say? Hey, the other day someone told me hey, hey, there's
0: worse there, listen, there's worse people that you could say I look
1: like. The right? other day someone told me I was like the Zach Galifianakis of magic. <laughs> so Ooh. I'll take it. You know, whatever. You'll take it, you'll take it. But uh He's made a lot of money. I, that's right. I
0: wish I had his So Does Garth.
1: Right. What are you bitching about? <laughs> Come on.
0: <laughs> Good, you know, point. So, Good point. So Good voice.
1: So perspective, I got to do the show. I got to do man of La Mancha. Cool. I got to that do does, man of La Mancha. So did that change your attitudes? Well, you know who my first phone call went to? oh too, Yeah, of when course. I got of course. Your uncle. Yeah. And uh I got to do the show and I got to sit and every night I got to sit and I did it here at the Pittsburgh CLO. Cool. Ron Reigns. Was Don Quixote? Ron Raines of was it Bolden and the Beautiful or General Hospital? One of those big hospital but one of those big um, soap opera stars. Uh, he had the most incredible voice, and I got to sit there on stage and listen to him sing that song every night. And I got it. Wow! But hindsight's always twenty twenty, isn't yeah. it? You know. So per, I'm not even sure how we got there, but perspective is everything. It Life is everything. perspective is everything. You know. If I if I if I held up my hand and I asked you to describe what my hand looks like, what would mm-hmm. you say? Hand. Yeah, well, yeah, but did you tell me anything about it?
0: Uh, your lifeline is... Right, a right, right. I don't know.
1: Yeah, but you know what you're not going to mention?
0: What? This freckle back here. Can't see it. Couldn't
1: see it. Right. It was my perspective. Got it. Same hand. Same hand. Different perspective. Different perspective. It. Right. Yeah. yeah. I still don't know how we got to that. That's another, good, one of my idols, That's good. another one of my idols was uh, Harry Anderson. Okay. You know him? Yeah. Harry the Hat from yep. Cheers. Yep. You know, he was cast on Cheers before Ted Danson. Just Get this little on. tiny part, no. Nope. Really? Yeah. One of the one of the producers saw to him wait, wait, wait. <laughs> to be the bartender. No, 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 no. Just cast as okay. Harry the Hat. That okay. that, that yeah, yeah, grifter, all right? right. Yeah, yeah. They were. They're all grifters. They say. knew. <laughs> they knew that they knew that they were writing this show called okay. Cheers, and it was about Get this on. bar and this cast of characters. And they looked at Harry Anderson, who performed as Harry the Hat. Yeah, that was his character. Yeah. And the producer said, "We can use him." I don't know how yet. Okay. But we can use him. Interesting. And so they cast him. They hadn't even cast Ted Danson yet. Get off. And he was cast as uh, you know, on Night Court, he was yeah, the judge I on Night L- Court. love that guy. But Harry Anderson was not an actor, right? He was a magician. I didn't see I didn't get that part. Well, he was oh, Come anyways. on, man. Okay. Anyways. All, right. All right. Anyways. Um he was a magician. are so we doing the show. And so he um he
0: he was very dry. Yeah,
1: very dry. Well, he's a great, he made a great straight man, right? Yeah, and he, no question. He was cast no as Judge Harry Stone, but you know the judge's name was not originally Harry? It was John or George or whatever.
0: Who changed that?
1: They did after the first episode when they realized that he wasn't answering to that name. <laughs>
0: That's great. Now, he was a magician. And why is he One a, of the greatest. So, Really? So why is he a hero of yours? What made him-
1: that, uh I don't know, noteworthy to you. His character was so vibrant. He had this, he had this, he, I mean, you know, he wore a, he wore a Borsalino uh-huh. hat uh-huh. and a silk painted tie and he just had this essence, this, uh, je ne sais quoi, this, this, this. The thing. He, yeah. He was cool. Got it. Because he was, he was cheating you, maybe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was genius,
1: maybe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there was just that's always. That's great. The, you know, Gene, it, he, great. he was he was like the Willy Wonka of magic, and that's a that's a really drastic comparison to make because Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka sure, was so iconic, sure. and Harry yeah, Anderson yeah. Harry Anderson was nothing like Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka. But there was Gene Wilder would not do the role. He said he he refused to play the part of Willy Wonka unless they allowed him to enter the way he wanted at the beginning. I heard that. Okay, and you remember how he enters? I can't remember. Okay, so he comes out. Everyone's excited. Willy Wonka, Willy Wonka. And he comes out and he's limping with the cane.
0: I remember that. And he's limping with the cane and then he sticks the
1: cane into the ground and he walks away and he starts this slow fall forward and he turns it into a somersault and he hops up and he goes, ta-da. And that's the end. And he he said, I'm not doing it unless you let me do this. And why is that the sticking point? Because he said, from that moment on, you will never know if I'm lying or telling the truth.
0: That it's brilliant. Yeah, I get it. I get it.
1: You'll never know. Wow. You'll never know if I'm t- if if he's being serious. And that was that was part of the allure about Harry. Let me tell you. Let me let's sit down. And let me tell you a story. It's true, mostly. <laughs> what does that mean yeah you know and there was just it was just such a strong character but then on top of it he was such a good thinker he was such a good thinker there's another quote about magicians that say most magicians stop thinking too soon if i came out and i said here's a deck of cards here's this deck of cards and i'm going to do a card trick for you and uh here take a card go ahead take out a card look at it show the camera or show whatever it doesn't matter there it is and i'll uh you go ahead put it there Put it there, and I'll I'll, I'll find your card uh, very easily by uh, just snapping my fingers. Was that your card, the nine clubs? Yeah. Did I get it? Okay. Bastard. <laughs> you bastard. Now, if I would have said that that's the trick, that's it. Great. It's done. That's done. Okay. That's the end of the trick. But what if I kept thinking about it? Okay. What if I kept thinking about it? So let's take your card, and let's have you sign your name on it. Go ahead. Take the pen. Give it a tug. Pull. Pull. Sign your name across the face. All right, now that's your card. That's unmistak. I'll take the pen back. That's how I got it in the first place. Now that's unmistakably your card, right? That's the only card in the world that looks like this, unless you make yeah. a habit. Unless you make a habit. I've of never signed doing a card this.
0: before ever. Well,
1: right. A lot of things people haven't done until they did it for the first time. So welcome to the club. Okay. All right. So if I take your card and I put it into the center of the deck, uh, now it's not right. on top. You haven't done it's not, the move, right? Right. It's in the center. But if I give it a snap. Looks like that. See, now I get oh, it up bullshit. on top with your card. Bullshit. Your card comes up. Bullshit. <laughs> I call it bullshit. That's not possible. It is. Why? That's not oh, possible. No. I'll do it again. I'll do it again. Put it into the center of the deck right here. Into the center. It goes into the center with a snap. Your card comes Bull- up. The top of the deck. <laughs> I'll do it again. See, this is the stuff that drives I- me nuts. I'll do it again. Your nine of clubs, your signature on it into the center of the deck. That was a four of clubs. No, that's your nine of clubs, <laughs> your signature on it, into the center of the deck. Okay. All okay. right. Now, all I have to do, give it a little whoop. Now, it's not on top. I have not shuffle move. anything. Oh no, yeah, yeah. Well, there's that four of clubs again. <sighs> look, it's not on top, but if I just give it a little whoop, blow. There. Oh, come on. Get on top of the deck. Now, look, this is the interesting thing because originally, I could have just stopped with the nine of clubs but isn't that a different trick now yes honestly it's the same yes. trick yes right well but here's what, not really but it. But here's what changed you added an element to it but before the show I had a wallet and I put I, I put something in the wallet that might be of interest to you I'm not sure it might be it might not be but not this wallet this wallet the inside wallet and inside this wallet there is a cart you want to go ahead and reach in take it out Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. See, that that that, that to me is mind numbing. See, Magician, stop thinking too soon. If I would have just said, was that your card? Great, thank you. Next. <laughs> Next. He's in warlock mode now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. He's in warlock mode.
1: I can do that behind my back. Here, you see this? Do that behind my back. Ready? Watch. And back up. You want to see what it looks like? Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> but uh,
0: see, that's that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Where like you have a card, and they would go to this young lady in the street. Oh, it's in your back pocket, or like you know, you pull out your wallet. Like, how's that possible?
1: Right. Well, that's the thing too. It's like. That, that was what was so great about Harry Anderson. So he, he, he just thought the hell out of stuff. And he figured it out and he, he just... And you would never see it. You'd never see it. And I don't mean you wouldn't see... I don't mean you wouldn't see the move, right? I mean, you wouldn't see the wheels that were... You just have no idea. that The work that went into... Like that card in the wallet. Now, I that it's not my creation that's not my invention but the work that went into manufacturing the idea of getting that card into the wallet genius but you'd never see it to me i just reach into my wallet and here's your card yes yeah,
0: that, that's a, so as a as a uh, a consumer that's mind numbing to me that's good stuff that's what gives you guys like that like wow God, that's even possible sure
1: sure no i get it i get it but there's also like this is now now this is with with two rubber bands. Now you could have given these to me. You could have gone to your junk drawer over there, pulled them out and handed these to me. Okay? And and I only say that to really emphasize to you that this is not these are not gimmicked in any way shape or form. Mm. Okay? Now, look, and it's <laughs> because it's not about the prop, it's not about the trick, and I'll show you what I mean. These rubber bands now look that makes a complete circle you Mm -hmm, see that mm -hmm. my two fingers are through there it makes a circle if i take this other finger and place it in here now those are two complete circles and they're they're combined right now you'll notice that it can't come back through it cannot go over this side it cannot go over this side correct correct cannot come back through cannot go over either side but if you rub right in the center right in the center oh bullshit (laughs) bullshit comes right through Wow, I can show you again. We'll do it one okay. strand at a time. <laughs> watch on. one strand at a time. you come see on, it's man. stuck there. <laughs> cannot come back through, cannot go over this side, cannot go over this side. watch. That's one. That's two. Okay. <laughs> Get but I can put it in your I can put it in your hands. take your fi- take your index finger, stick them up, point them at each other. I guess. make a fist, make a fist. okay, all right, reach forward just a little more. All right, now look. You have the best seat in the house. Uh Right? If I take this, pop it over here, Uh as long as you don't let go. No, it's not going anywhere. Right? It cannot come over this side. Nope. It cannot come over this side. If you piss me off, I'll just shoot this at your face. (laughs) But, you know, it can't come over either side. Right? Right, right, right. Right. Watch. (laughs) Warlock mode. (laughs) That doesn't make any sense to me. Right? You can keep them. Those are rubber bands. You can keep them. Right? It's not about the trick. It's not about the props. That's what I like. That's the type that's the type of stuff that I that I like to do. Stuff that And that's so much more genuine to me than something I watch on TV. Right. Well, I mean, if you if you went down the street, you know, the next 5 or 6 or 7 guests that you have on here, ask them. Just before even before you start rolling the camera, have you ever seen a magician live? live. Probably not. Live. Probably not. Probably not. Why is that? Nobody needs a magician. You know, we're not, we're not, it's it, It's just, a, it's just, it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a variety art. Why would you see one? Where would you see one? Live. Company Christmas party, maybe? At a restaurant? Was,
0: television, quite frankly. Sure. That's all see- I see. Mean, if you're going
1: to see him live, doesn't happen. Why That's is that? <sighs> you know, today, people have an expendable income. Mm-hmm. if the or, mm-hmm. or, or and and they're careful with where they with where they put that. And so are you well we could go see this magic show or we could go out to dinner. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I I, I I don't know it. that I necessarily have the answer to that question, but if you if you ask people, have you ever seen a live magician? They the answer is probably no. Was- and if they did, excuse mm-hmm. me if they mm-hmm. did, mm-hmm. it might be Uncle Joe. <laughs> At <laughs> the
0: family, at, at the, the family, family reunion, yeah, right? <laughs> doing some tricks, just doing a couple tricks. about David you know? Copperfield, what's your thoughts on him? He's incredible, he's incredible. The, the stuff—is he the real deal?
1: Like both with illusion and like, like organic magic. Well, he's got an incredible team. Okay, <laughs> and I and I mean that to to the extent where he doesn't do it alone. He is very smart and he's very well rounded, and he's a great magician. But he has a lot of very smart people working for him also he's got a brain trust and he's able to and he can afford it and he's got the ability to tell these people to say hey i'd like to do this what do you guys think great let's all sit and talk and they talk and they figure it out and all of a sudden he makes a statue of liberty disappear or an ocean liner or a you know whatever but that's like you said
0: that that that's almost with today's special effects. That's almost like negated with television to me in my head, as a consumer. Like uh, sure, yeah, okay, well, I mean, do that in front of me like
1: that. That's so much more impressive to me. Yeah, well, the Statue than... of Liberty's a bit big to bring into this room. But <laughs> my point <laughs> yeah, though yeah. is like it's, it's, it's still television. Yeah, to Yeah, sure, I understand that. I've seen Copperfield live. You're impressed as it, a
0: magician. You're
1: impressed. Oh yeah, he's great. His show's flawless. Really, it has to be. He's Copperfield. He's he's branded himself. Okay. It has to be. Okay. If you went to see David Copperfield and he didn't deliver, how much longer is he gonna be David Copperfield? You know what I mean?
0: I know, but there's just I think I'm expecting too much though. I mean to me I'm not impressed by the uh, maybe if, I, if a car disappeared on stage, I get sure. it. Maybe that, that's something. That's oh
1: something. man, I tell you, he's got convincers. He's got. I saw him. I saw him when he was here in town. This would have been years ago, and he took a trip to. He, he was on stage, and then he went to Tahiti, and then he was back on stage. Now, did he really go to Tahiti? No, no. But I sure as hell, lo- al- <laughs> I sure as hell believed that he did. Really? Because I tell you what, I don't know is where the hell he went. I don't know. I watched him. I got to go on stage with him. Okay. While um, he did the, the 13, which is an illusion where he takes 13 people, he puts them in a box. Big box. where They have chairs and everything. And they disappear. And they reappear at the back of the theater. <laughs> I was on stage. I was on stage. And you
0: watched it happen. It's hard to figure out.
1: Huh? Mind boggling. Mind boggling.
0: But just a, <laughs> there's a natural law... F- Physics, natural science, and sure they to didn't.
1: It. Did they really There's disappear? Yeah, the no, there. did they the didn't didn't really the pole, disappear? Right. But man,
0: yeah. yeah, who cares? Yeah, how'd that happen? It was exciting. I love that. See that, I, that that as a consumer, I
1: love that. Yeah, what did you feel at the end of that? Like that's, like, This guy. I know what I felt, which was, <sighs> how's that possible? When was the last time you felt that? So,
0: do you think that that's what happened earlier on? Uh, you know, a, a century ago when the, the lady saw it in half trick. Sure. Where it was like so hor- like horrifying in theory in the mind of the uh-huh. consumer. But you know, but you see that she's okay and she's just well, up. Well, there's one.
1: one magician. Who was it? Richie Artie?
0: Don't tell me someone killed somebody.
1: I believe no, he didn't kill anybody, not that I know of, but he would leave her he never put it back together. <laughs> Wait, what? He he had this illusion I think it's
0: Richie Artie. Okay.
1: He had this illusion with a big saw, like a big. Just imagine a big like, handsaw. Arms, yeah, like armsaw, a saw. The chop saw, right? Huge though, for, for two got two man saw. Yeah, but like gigantic. Okay. Right. And he put a girl on the table, straps her down, no cover, takes the no saw, cover, takes the saw, ch- cuts her in half, blah, blah, blood and guts everywhere. <laughs>
0: I never seen anything like that. That's Curtain.
1: crazy. Curtain comes down. Good night. Where? where now, where did, thing, he really, did he really? Did he really? Did he really kill this what's girl? This, what's every this night? guy's name? Ricciardi, I believe. I know. I know something else. Richie Artie did. Artie used to end his show with a levitation. Okay. He would levitate a woman. Up, 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 up. Into the rafters. The curtain came down. Thank you. Good night.
0: That's kind of weird. That's kind of weird. But what do
1: you feel after that?
0: Like disturbed. You
1: know, isn't that cool? Yeah. And that's like okay. Now, so circling back to what I was saying before about the differences between myself and my friend Justin. That's the kind of stuff. I'm not saying he wants to walk on stage and saw a lady in half and leave her there. (laughs) But like, they you left that theater. Feeling something Yeah You had was, to You were a little bit disturbed You still. had to formulate an opinion on that Uh huh You know Uh huh That's weird I don't know I don't know I don't know Has a magician
0: ever died In the course of doing uh, I mean really doing like their act
1: Is Tommy Cooper going? Tommy Cooper died on stage Who's that? Uh, British magician Okay uh, He was He wore a fez he Damn was a Brits He was a <laughs> Yeah he's a big guy He died on stage And he And he collapsed and uh, in fact, and I don't, I don't say this for you to go looking for it, but th- th- you can see it, you can find it. There's video of it, because oh. uh, they were filming the act, and he collapses on stage, and he has a heart attack. By oh, the time okay. that, by the time that they got to him, got it, it was too late. The, uh, the other magician that I mentioned um, earlier, Tom Mullica, yeah, was a bar magician. He was great. He was a, he was a just a. Uh, there's no way to really describe this guy. You'd have to look him up, and I encourage you to do that. He's really incredible. Um, he's a clown. He's a clown in the true sense of the word, clown. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Not in I put on a funny red nose. Yeah, like clown. Stephen King's version of it, right? Right, yeah, right. And he um, he used to run this place in Atlanta called the Tom Foolery. It was a bar, magic bar, and he would always work. And he would work the center. He worked every night, and he'd he'd, he'd work the center of the bar. And he never poured drinks. Um he had two bartenders on either side that would do that. And he said that um there was an occasion twice where he passed out while he was back there and he fell down, passed out, collapsed behind the bar. And he said it was minutes before anybody actually got to him. Part of the act. Because they thought because he's such a clown. Yeah. He's always hitting his head on this or bonking his eye with that or blah blah blah, whatever. Right. And he said it was it was a long time, maybe minutes, before anyone actually went. Wait, are you okay? And he had passed out. That's crazy. You know, so as yet, the worst thing that's ever happened to me on stage, Knockwood, mm-hmm. is I do a, <laughs> I do a a bill to lemon. I make, I take a bill, I borrow a hundred dollar bill from someone in the audience, I make it disappear, right, and then it reappears later in the show inside a lemon. Inside a lemon. Inside a lemon. I have to cut that lemon open, <laughs> and. You know, lemon rind can be tough.
0: Mm-hmm. Cut yourself.
1: Well, yeah. And so I was, I was cutting a lemon open and the knife slipped off the rind and it cut my finger. Now, it wasn't bad, but I still cut my finger and I'm still bleeding, right? And uh, it was okay until the lemon juice hit it. Uh, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> and you need
0: dexterity for your line of work, Thankfully, right? Thankfully,
1: it was the end of the show. But I was no longer okay <laughs> when that lemon juice hit. Oh a
0: little man! And you said that eternal smile you have
1: was kind of oh, like oh, that's
0: like gritting to your teeth. Right? Oh, I
1: even made a comment. I'm like, oh, lemon juice. And people who knew, like there were people in the back of the theater that had no idea what happened. They couldn't see it because I didn't say anything. Wow. So, oh, slip Oh, I cut myself. You know, I just kind of under my breath almost. People in the front, they could see the blood. They saw what had happened, and I went, oh, lemon juice. And even those people were like, ooh, like they knew it. Although. I had people come up to me after the show and go, "Do you cut your finger every night?" <laughs> <laughs> no. People think that's that They do. They do. Well, I'll tell you, I was back when in my theater days. Mm-hmm. In my, I was do, doing a show called S- uh, Sanders Family Christmas, which is a which is a, a small ensemble show um, that it's about a family that um, goes. It's about a family that 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 sings worship songs together, but like, like banjo guitar, that sort of like okay. hillbilly style. <laughs> <laughs> and they went to a church at to, to witness. They went to, they mm. went to do a Sunday night witnessing, right you know? On, right on. And I was the pastor of the church. That was my character. Reverend Mervyn Oglethorpe. Uh, <laughs> Mervyn Oglethorpe. That was his name. Right. And I was. Did you come up that name? No, I did not. It was written <laughs> in the script. And he was on the stage, and we had a thing, and it was it was a Christmas show, and we did this show called we did this song in the show called Christmas in Other Lands, and I said I had written it all together, and it was a about how people everywhere around the world celebrate Christmas, and um, how the Eskimos do it is nose to nose, nose <laughs> to nose celebrate christmas like the Eskimos, you know and i had a spear and i i thought i was real clever and i the spear gets shoved into the deck and then my my the, the brother comes over and helps like pull it out cuz mervin's a little weakling can't do it and one particular night he pulled it out and it got jostled and it went into my leg
0: he got to be shitting me
1: i wish you i got speared in i the wish leg. i was a live show yeah live live there were 200 people in the audience 178 to be exact 178 people no oh
0: because and i'll 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 (sighs) tell you
1: why because the style of the show was fourth wall there there was no fourth wall the audience was the congregation of the church got it now if this was something where we were displaying something where there was a fourth wall there was a distinct divide between the actors and the audience might have been a little different story but here we the audience we were aware of the audience you would be sitting there watching and i it would not be uncommon for me to sir you are inside the house of the lord would you take off that hat got it you know put your cell phone away yeah (laughs) but you got these newfangled devices You know, and uh, because it took place in like the 50s. Got it. But it was a cute show, fun show, great group of people. And I literally got stabbed in the leg. And because of the style of the show, we all had pocket handkerchiefs. Oh, God. And so I took mine out and I asked the other actor, I said, Can I I have your pocket handkerchief? And I wrapped my leg up. I literally fashioned a tourniquet for my leg on stage live. And one of the songs was. Oh, uh, uh, the song that we sang before it was called um, "On the Battlefield for My Lord," <laughs> and after the song was over, and so my 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 character sort of functioned as the pastor of the church, sure. functioned as the MC for the evening, Wow. right? And so people saw this happen. People saw it. It would, now is the elephant in the room. They saw my they saw my pants had blood on them. They saw it. Wow! You cannot. You cannot unsee that, unsee it, and you cannot ignore it as an actor. So, I just the first thing I did after the song was I called attention to it, and I just went, Well, folks, I know we were singing about being on the battlefield for my Lord, but um, I took that a step further, and I actually was, as you can see. Well, that worked though. I am bathing in the blood, <laughs> you know. And it, it, they took it as a joke. And after the show, I had people come up and like, "How do you get the blood out of the, out of your costume?" Oh my every night?
0: god, they didn't believe it was real. That's crazy.
1: Bonkers. Did you go to the hospital for that? No, I didn't have to. It, it just so happened that there was a. Um, a friend of mine happened to be in the audience. This was okay. I, I, this was at a theater that I worked at in uh, Kansas. Okay. Abilene, Kansas, I, uh, at the Great Plains Theater. And uh, the only professional theater between Kansas City and Denver. <laughs> I bet. And um, I worked there for a number of years, and I, I, a lot of the community were friends. Sure. And it just so happened that a, a friend of mine was in the audience, which was not an uncommon occurrence. Yeah. Um, and they were a nurse. And they came and checked out my leg and were like, you know what, you- a butterfly band-aid yeah. and you'll be fine. You know, I maybe I could have gotten stitches. It wasn't like a gaping wound, but I definitely had a cut and I definitely You didn't break character. No. That's a sign of a true professional. Oh well thanks. <laughs> I wanted to make sure the check cleared.
0: I can imagine. You know, well, you
1: never know. You know, there's things that happen in the you know, I my my stand up show is is always um is always you know, it's scripted, it follows a, a yeah. path, but it's also there, you know, I don't want to say magicians invite hecklers because we don't, but by nature we challenge. Okay. And a heck, what does a heckler do? They challenge. Uh-huh. So we, we almost you're a in comedian
0: essence. too, so you have both of those going on.
1: Right. And so we almost in essence provoke a heckle to a degree. So if you are not scripted and tight, the heckle can slip in. And, and how do you handle you have to that? Do, um, quickly. I'll tell you, okay, the best way to handle a heckler, there there are steps okay. to it. Um, because sometimes it could be funny.
0: It's like alcoholism. There's steps to it, the whole thing. <laughs> <Fix it>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm on the 13th step. Right on. Relapse. <laughs> um, <no. laughs> terrible. He's joking. Terrible joke. Um Uh, There's, um, there, the first step to handling a heckler, I think, well, okay. The first step is evaluating. You have to quickly, and I mean quickly, evaluate whether or not it's worth calling attention to it. So are they a threat or not? It's not even about if they're a threat. It's just like my leg getting cut on stage. Everyone saw it. I had to address it. It had to be addressed. Okay. Okay. If the heckler's sitting in the front row, well his voice is coming at me, not at the other 1000 people. Certainly the per- unless they shouted it very well, certainly the person the people at the back of the theater did not hear right. what they said. Right. So in a split second, you have to evaluate whether or not this heckle is worth listening to, is worth acknowledging. Okay, right? Are you that time hoping it is? No. Uh, look. Or do you not want to deal with it? And again, with all due respect, I don't need your help. <laughs> I
0: don't need your help.
1: My show works, right? My show is, Louis C.K. is famous for saying, don't help me. Got it. I'm, this is a one-man show. I, it's scripted. I, you're interrupting me. <laughs> Shut up. You know, other comics and gay, I have a, one yeah. of my dearest, yeah. dearest buddies- his name's Steve Cowett he's unbelievable with engaging with the audience He go, he's he, he's the type of comic that has a beginning a middle and an end and the stuff that happens in between he's one of the hey where are you from guys got it And he can that just has read. to
0: be so hard and man.
1: I try to do it and I do do it to an extent but it's but I can always go back to the magic he's just got a microphone he's hanging out there yeah, right? yeah. He oh yeah he hangs out there for a long time so the very first thing you do when when someone says something because you hear it all you hear it all I bet is assess immediately whether or not it's worth going there and the next thing you do is you ask them to repeat themselves Uh, ask a heckler to repeat themselves because sometimes they're not trying to challenge sometimes they're just having a really good time sure and they thought of something funny and they want to they're drunk yeah and they're drunk or they want to say something or they want to add and they feel like they're helping they they they, they, there are malicious hecklers and there are non-malicious hecklers interesting neither of them are ideal got it but one of them is is less hurtful than the other and so you assess, and all. If you said something, and maybe maybe what you did is you said it to yourself, and you just accidentally said it too loud, and you didn't realize it. You didn't even think that I heard you. And then I go, "What did you say?" I go, "No, no, nothing." Never mind, never mind, never mind. You're Like, oh, okay, good. But <clears throat> but the other reason you ask them to say it again is, first of all, if they if they say no, never mind. Well, then you just move on. But if they repeat it, what they're doing now, I've got a line for now. I've, oh, yeah. Now I've had. Another five seconds to think of something to yeah, say. You're buying time. And now the people in the back of the house heard it. Because if you heckle me and no one else hears it, and I lay into you, I'm a jerk. Right. But if I, if you heckle me and I go, "What did you say?" and you repeat yourself, you and then I lay into you, <laughs> you're a hero. I'm a hero. That's true. Right. I am a hero. Yeah. And there are yeah. times there are heckles that are tough to beat I when bet. you kids kids are tough when kids as a group are tough but kids as a group heckle as a group yeah so that's yeah. different yeah. and that's a whole different animal i bet when you're doing a show for adults which is what i do i don't do kid shows it's a noble art it is an art that is not for me i i don't do them I, I, my, now my show is family style sure. I, I don't swear in my show right there's some double entendre but if those kids get that joke that's not my fault um yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know, your parenting sucks. Yeah, you know that's not me. Shame on you. <laughs> so uh, <there's, laughs> there is there uh, is double entendre, but it's still a clean show. The show is squeaky clean. And um, I, if a kid heckles me, because you know, art art link letter right? <laughs> I kids say kid right? <laughs> kids say the darndest things. Yeah, well, no what shit. am I gonna say to a kid? Yeah. and still keep the audience on right, my side? right. Because right. I could. Oh man, the kid says something. There's a thousand things I could say to shut sure, him up, sure. but I don't. What am I get? What if he cries? What am I gonna do if the kid cries? Yeah, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm up shit creek without a paddle. <laughs> I can't do that, you know. Uh-huh. So you have to handle the kid, and you do. And on a ship, I'll always say, I'll look at the kid and I'll be like, and I'll and I'll acknowledge that. Usually, visually, I'll just acknowledge to the kid and then to the audience that. Okay, here we go. Like, I'm, I need, in a look, I try to express that I want you all to be aware that I am tiptoeing now. I say, cool, what's your, yeah, where's mom and dad? Oh, did they need alone time? Okay. The kid still has no idea what that means, but the audience gets it. Or we're on a ship, and uh, That's great, what's though. your name? Tommy. You know, Tommy, they have a great excursion going on at the back of the ship. It's uh, snorkeling by the propellers. <laughs> Not a lot of fun. It's a great time. You know, that bungee jumping off the smokestacks is a lot of fun. <laughs> oh. You know, it's like and the right. kid clearly he's not gonna go do it and hurt himself. Right, right. right. And the and the adults now That's if the good. kid keeps and I've I've also said where's mom and dad? If they're not there. I've said where's mom and dad? in hopes that maybe if mom and dad thought that sending Johnny up to the front oh just go enjoy the magician, we'll go. We'll stand in the back. Maybe someone is gonna come down and grab deal him. with the kid. Yeah. Or at the very least now I've acknowledged the fact that the kid is being bothersome. Yes. And maybe someone else will be like, son, maybe you should sh-, Keep you your mouth know. shut down. Or um uh, the, the next thing I would do is say, you know, I'll I'll acknowledge and I'll look back at the audience and i go, I just want you folks to know that I have officially exhausted my PC material for the show <laughs> on Johnny here. That's good. So, you That's know, good. and it, it, it it's it's that acknowledgement. Sure. And by that sure. point by that point the audience is now on my side against this right, right 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 um and there you know there's other great there's another uh, there's a there's a magician um that has a great heckler stopper and it's not funny at all it's not but funny it works okay he, uh, uh, he's doing his thing and a heckler hits him with whatever line and he looks at the guy and he goes i just want to finish <laughs> And it works because the audience gets it. Yeah, because it, yeah, in that exact yeah. moment, the audience goes, "He's at work right
0: now." Yeah, right. right you right. know,
1: there is something there is something to be said it diffuses with. Confuses it, yeah. There is something to, to be said for. I don't come to the toll booth and tell you how to do your job. You know, that's demeaning. Right. But right, it still does get the point across sure. that, and not not effectively, I might add, but it does express the opinion that I'm at work. Right. I. Really, I just want to finish. finish. I just want to finish. I want to get done. I want to. I want to be. Please leave me to finish. <laughs> <laughs> and those that
0: get it will laugh at that. Yeah, yeah and if sure. it doesn't work, there's
1: bouncers. <laughs> <laughs> so. Even for the twelve year old. <laughs> yeah. I've never I've never and I, I, I knock wood as I say this, I've never been accosted, I've never been I've never been approached, but I but but I don't my my type of personality right on stage, I also don't I'm not an insult comic. What was the toughest one? Do you remember? The toughest one you did encounter. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I do actually. I do remember. There was um <laughs> we okay. Well, there's two. Here we there's go. two. I
0: want to hear them both. Okay.
1: There's a guy and a girl. So remind me of the girl afterwards. That's okay. True. So there's this guy. He was a bit of a. He... I ask for. I ask for. I get a guy up on stage, and I say I need the help of a gentleman who thinks he's a pretty funny guy. Now, usually this guy doesn't raise his own hand. He's typically po- uh, pointed at, poked at, prodded by someone else that's in the audience. A lot like you were right there, sir. <laughs> Because <laughs> typically that guy doesn't raise his hand and I generally don't want the guy that's going me yeah. I think I'm hysterical, right? I don't want that guy right. I want the guy that everyone else thinks is hysterical So I got this guy up on stage and usually what I do with this person is I say do you have a short family-friendly joke That you could share with us. I bet a rousing round of applause would get you up here on stage Come on. Come on. Let's give it up for Eric and Eric comes up on stage Do you have a joke to, that you've prepared no? Oh, well, thanks for coming prepared. I appreciate that, Eric. How about if I tell you a joke and then you tell them and take all the credit for it? That's usually how it goes. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I had this one guy come up on stage. Now, I will, and he said, the only, he said, the only joke I can think of is Obama. Okay. Ouch. Now, I'm not saying anything about anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But immediately Everyone listening to this Formulated an opinion yeah one way or the other yep. Yep. I'm not here to expound on politics, right? I'm not a politician, right? I'm certainly not on stage doing my show To expound a political viewpoint or opinion correct Correct. I immediately lost 50% Fifty percent of the audience, no doubt, for a joke that that guy told. That wasn't even a joke. For something that that guy a said. A word. I didn't say it, but who lost the crowd? I did, right? That. That's tough. Uh, and uh, and the audience did exactly what you would ex- expect. Half the audience. I mean, look, let's, let's call it space big. Half the audience. Mm-hmm applauded or laughed sure and the other half was like ooh yeah. and even even or boo. It, or boo yeah and even even part of the audience that that would have agreed with that statement still went some of them were even like mm, not the place not yeah. the place yeah. man Stupid. not the place and i took a moment wa- thankfully the audience react was vis- reaction was visceral mm-hmm. um and i took a moment and uh and i was working for princess cruises at the time and i stepped forward, acknowledging, like visually acknowledging the fact that we've all cringed at what he just said, and I said, uh, Michael Misco, the magician, and Princess Cruises do not condone or uh, endorse any political <laughs> candidates, and you are blah, blah, you know, and I just expect, and I was able to get some of the people back Yeah, in that moment. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's a heckle based on, that's not even a heckle, that's just something you have to deal with.
0: That's, that's the polarizationist country.
1: Yeah. Yeah. How the fuck did that happen? I don't know, but we, here we are it's and not we have, here we are and we have to deal with it.
0: Yeah. It's you life
1: is life. And so I stay away from it. Yeah. To, look, people come people come for theater and I put ma- I put magic in there. Theater is escapism. Right. You know, I have a I have a friend who does um who does a Trump joke in his show and he follows it immediately with a Hillary joke. It's too contrived for me. It's t- it, it is. And it's and I asked him once why he does it, and and he was he was like, well, I you know you hit both sides and then it's fine. I'm like, why do you have to hit him at all? Right. Why do you have to hit him at they're all? They're coming to see. They're trying to escape it. Exactly. Look, they want but, to see CNN. They don't want to see Fox. They want to be gone. They're they're done with it. Which comes back to my uncle and why he likes Man of La Mancha and not Sweeney Todd. Mm. Right. Okay. I get that. I want to get away from that. I get that. Why would I? Good point. You know. Good. Point. Why? Why? Why would I do that? Even if it's a funny joke, even if we were at a point where we were able to legitimately laugh at these things, mm-hmm. I'm still going to alienate somebody or polarize yeah. somehow, yeah. some way. That's not my job. Jim my knows, job is to entertain. Jim knows, you.
0: though. That it seems like. Um, it seems to me, like ever since I was a little kid that the the nighttime shows which are, they're not magic it's just comedy like late night or yeah 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 they do go right there though immediately and I, the writers are I guess they're, they're starting material and they look at the political thing of the day sure. and they make a, they make a point of that but and, and, and I'm not saying leaning one side or the other it doesn't matter to me that's still the source of their
1: well they know the, stuff they know their audience.
0: And they want to the hear most, that. They, they
1: want to hear that. I mean, well, they know their audience. They know who's watching it. They know. They know that what's what is it, the Nielsen ratings or something guess, that come out. And they they know who they're performing for, and I they guess. go to the lowest common denominator. And I don't mean that in a in a uh, decorative sense. No, I mean, you know, it's, it's tactic. Yeah, right? they know who they're working for, Hollywood. Yeah. In general, is a liberal entity. Yeah, yeah. And and that's that's what they do. That's what they know. You're certainly not watching the news when you watch Jimmy Fallon. I love Jimmy Fallon. Oh, me too. Explain you know, he should. I, I. You're not watching the news when you see Letterman when he was on, or when you watch Colbert. They have viewpoints that they yeah. expound, and that's their show. It, Just like so let me ask you this: Is it a as
0: as a someone is obviously you're in media, you're in entertainment, you are a entertainer? Sure. Are you able to like? i think a lot of a lot of americans can't do it which i don't get but can you take the comedic value or the entertainment value out of something that you may not agree with on a quote-unquote i hate the word political but even like a a philosophical bent can you uh, you take can you take comedy and humor and laughter where it comes from regardless of what you may perceive to be as the overall bent to it see i've learned to do that which i know is a very deep question and I've got friends that think I'm nuts. I'd like... Can I do it? Yeah, can you do it?
1: Yes. I can. I would I never... I don't think a lot of people I can. I would never
0: present it. No, not you personally. No, but no, I, no. But I... Can you do it as a human being? Can you take the comedic value, the entertainment value of a performance, even though you know it's probably coming from a philosophical bent that you just might not sure. really align yourself with? But man, with?
1: that's that's funny. That's I don't care funny who you funny-ass shit right there. Well, all comedy is observational. Like Night
0: to me is hysterical. Even the... Yeah. I don't. There are multiple incarnations of casts. In the end, Lauren Michaels the genius, and I love absolute genius. I love, quite frankly, I love the non political stuff more than. But you know what? I think some of the impersonations are hysterical. I don't care about the bent.
1: Can you make me laugh? Right That's why I tuned in Well the good news is With right, Saturday Night Live right? Yeah absolutely They make fun of everybody That's yeah, why. You, yeah, that's why That's right. why Sasha Baron Cohen Is such an effective no comedian question. Borat, No question No question Look you're gonna look, <laughs>
0: I loved it You I got your it. opinions about Borat I loved
1: it But you know what It's crude He made it. fun of everyone He made uh-huh. fun of everybody uh-huh. Everybody got, uh-huh. got picked at on that And it's just observational Right It's just taking your own redundancies it's or whatever. like Seinfeld,
0: right? And I mean th- this show was really it's a show about, about
1: nothing. But, but it yeah. worked. Yeah, it worked. And it is was a lot like Seinfeld. And I mean Seinfeld has his own that's his own brand of comedy. That sign people people refer to that like, well, what was he like? Well, kind of like Seinfeld, you know, observational. Do you ever notice that but he whatever that that goes back to Rodney Dangerfield
0: the like oh, sure. way back. I oh, mean like
1: Rodney hey, I used to have a I had a fan <laughs> club, you know. But they disbanded the other day because the guy died. You know?
0: <laughs> I mean, I go back and watch him on Carson. I died. Oh, he's hysterical. I you die know, watching that stuff. The master, Don Rickles. Oh, I, you know what? You but know you what? can't do that today. Well, okay. He could. Up you know to what? his dying day, he could let, Let's it. talk about that. But but let me tell you a little side. I saw Rickles perform in 93 slash maybe 94, open for Sinatra in, in the Pittsburgh Civic Arena in wow. the round. Wow, wow. Two rows back from the center in the wow. pit. Wow. Loved it. Felt horrible for Sinatra because of the fact he was on his last legs and it sure. was, it was, there was teleprompter. It was, I, I love Frank. Rickles, yeah, me too. same age as Frank, maybe even older. Spot on, sharp as attack, had the people roll and relevant. So that performance, it wasn't Sinatra that night. I had seen him prior years with Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. But it was Rickles that night that stole the show for me. He was (laughs)
1: un-freaking-believable. He was caustic. He was just great. You can't do it anymore. You cannot do that. And in fact, probably the closest thing and uh, someone may may write in and say I'm incorrect, but who cares the the uh, the closest thing we've got to that is probably a Sasha Baron Cohen someone mm-hmm. who just reflects society back at you. Rickles did it in a very quick one two one two manner but you can't do that today. Why <sighs> see because there are the a lot fact of-
0: that you have to even preface what you say. And you're doing it rightfully so, sure. by the way. But the fact that both of us—and it's my show—and yeah. I know that I can't go there on. An ex- <sighs> hmm. I I can't I can't say my indifference toward all kinds of things because I'm labeled if I'm in if you're indifferent because it's not it's not a problem for me if people are not a problem for me and I'm a realtor if people are not a problem for me on anything they're 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 who they love. Who they, who they believe is their deity, if those things aren't a problem for me, if I don't choose a side, then I'm a problem. If my indifference is, back then, the indifference was like the comedy of it all, right? We don't care, we'll offend everybody. We sure. don't care. You can't do that anymore. <laughs> no, you, indifference is a problem because you haven't chosen a side, and if you don't choose the right side, then half the freaking people out there hate you. Drives me insane.
1: Well, from an
0: underta- from
1: an entertainment standpoint, that's obviously why I back away from it, and why and I, get that. I respect that. And why, you have to. I mean, I suppose the I suppose the broad answer, the the zooming out a level answer to that question. I'm not going to offer you one. Yeah, you no, no, one, I still from. have one. That's that's I'm good. The the zooming out a level and really looking at the other side of the hand. Mm-hmm. Answer to that mm-hmm. is. Um, and I, I don't I don't wish to, to, to go anywhere political, but you and I yep. have led it relatively speaking privileged lives. Yep, no question, no question. And and there are people that, that are going through things that we could never imagine. And, Absolutely, there's there's no amount of explanation that could that, that could explain that could that could allow mm. us to step mm. behind that curtain and figure it out. And so, um, you know, we look at it from a perspective and say, man, it's just funny. Why isn't can, lighten up? right and they look at it from a perspective it hurts that's uh that says well when is it when am i allowed to say it's not okay yeah it hurts right you know? right well it's, so, it's uh,
0: i had tom McGallus on and tom is a uh you would love tom you and tom would be two kindred souls maybe, <laughs> maybe i'll arrange that someday he is an Great. art he's an abstract artist from pittsburgh believe it or not many years in pittsburgh now he's in cleveland it's okay. We we'll we'll still him. like you, Tom. Yeah, we we'll love you, Tom. I have but, an, uh, I have an <laughs> uncle in Cleveland. He has most of his teeth. <laughs> most of his teeth. Ching ching uh, <laughs> But he is always on and a very very thoughtful guy. Uh, very talented artist. Does the voiceovers for like multiple cartoons. The Captain Caveman, that's him. In oh, uh, cool. Uh, yeah, he's a great guy. Cool. But we went kind of deep into this subject, um, you know, and he was more, I think... Uh, we're passionate probably because for multiple reasons, he was convinced though as a stand up he kind of like moved away from his stand up stuff and just concentrated on art because he was just no matter what he said, uh, I think Tom's probably probably center, center left to me, but he goes Eric no matter what I say I'm going to offend somebody and everybody's Uber, it's like having like um, like I have, I have I have I I have suffered from. Um, you know, uh, tinnitus. Sure. So they call it, they call it uber acoustics. Like uh, things really are like your, sensible. Yeah. Well, he goes, in life, I think now we're kind of being dialed into being uber sensitive to everything, whereas something that passed like 20 years ago is humor, sure. now will offend somebody. He goes, I don't want to offend anybody. But the sad part about it is I can't go to the areas I used to go to to make people laugh because I can't do it. And so me being 53 and on this earth 20 years younger longer than you I remember George Carlin right I remember Eddie Murphy Richard Pryor and they would offend you I mean if you could be offended right but it was fucking funny right and now you can't go there because although your intent is genuine not to hurt anybody just to laugh you can't go there because someone's gonna be looking to be offended do you feel right. that
1: way at all? Um, I, I think that there are definitely people that don't necessarily look for problems but maybe they they decided when they woke up that morning that they were going to just have a bad day
0: so then when you exacerbate social media giving everyone a level somewhat little platform well and social, is it exacerbated?
1: social media is different you have a, remember what i was saying before about about uh, I'm not a, i wouldn't do stand up comedy i got nothing to hide behind okay well when you're talking about social media there's a huge mask. No question. You know, you and I could get into an argument on social media and I would say things to you via, I mean, I wouldn't, but you know, no, I get you'd it. say things. Keyword warrior. Yeah, right? exactly. That I may or may not say to, to your face. Now, one right. of my best friends in the whole world is, is he'll, he'll shoot you straight and he will tell you he'll tell you, not only will he tell you that you're wrong, he'll tell you why you're wrong and he'll do it in triplicate and with his sources cited. You know, and he's... Life's too short, man. You know?
0: yeah. too much going on in my life to sit and worry about. But at the same time, look, look, and and how do you do that as a comedian? Because to me, there's the overt hatred and overt nonsense that that could actually really harm somebody. Sure. And then there's the there's that level where you're you know you're touching on stereotypes or whatever and again the stereotypes that richard pryor could talk about in 77 are a lot of them are no longer there you can't go there. right
1: am i right right well you know you used to be able to smoke inside too good point you know smoking was cool we've
0: progressed as a society
1: right? yeah right you know smoking right. was cool yeah that was the th- Thing the thing yeah, he's smoking airline the Marlboro, oh man, yeah right if you sit here it's a smoking section he was a badass though the marble one was a badass if you sit here it's a smoking section but back here one row back twelve inches it's no longer free sm- yeah. <laughs>
2: Jeez.
0: no I get it we progressed and I and, and you know and I think it, oftentimes it gets couched in what will be good for kids. And I get that. Sometimes we forget, though, as society there's kids in their minds and then there's adults in their minds. Right. And there should be a separation there. I think so. But, you know, Tom was worried about, you know, he, he wanted to go. I think he made mention that he would like to go back into comedy, but he doesn't know where the rules are anymore. He doesn't know where the fences lie. He doesn't know where the guidelines are anymore. And he's so worried about upsetting somebody because he's a very well-natured, laid-back guy. But there's always those question marks. And he's probably my age, so he's sure. probably mid fifties. So it's different generation, but it's not like it was. And probably in some regards that's a good thing. Right. And in some regards it's a fucking bad thing.
1: Yeah. It I mean, I've said I have said for a long time that political correctness is killing comedy. Now,
0: that being said it's loaded question. Let's load a statement.
1: Yeah. I've always worked clean. I've always worked clean, and I don't offer a political viewpoint in my right, show. Right, um, But that doesn't mean I don't watch other comedians and sure. try to learn from them, and you see sure. people all of a sudden start buttoning up because they're not allowed to talk about these hot-button topics. And it, and I should revise that statement okay. to say political correctness is changing comedy. Yeah. I don't know- for the good or bad- I, who knows? That is what remains more to be seen. More laughter or less laughter? Yeah, I would say less, less laughter. You know, my grandfather used to say, "If you, if you, uh, as it pertained to curse words, sure. Oh, can't you, can't you use your brain and think of something more clever to say? Mm-hmm. That's good, good
0: advice. It's kind of good advice, though. <laughs> Cosby did. Yeah. I mean, regardless of where he ended up. Sure. I mean, I, I'm not going <laughs> to believe me. I'm yeah. not le- le- making it legitimate that he did anything good in his private life, right. but how he was able to make folks laugh equally as good as Carlin or Pryor in the same area.
1: Sure, Sinbad. <laughs> yeah, good guy. Yeah, Sinbad. Yeah. Clean. Yeah, these guys are well, squeaky Seindal clean. Well, was too. was clean. Yeah. 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 So I mean, it can be done. Well, languages. You know, I, uh, going back to this theater I worked at in Kansas, we we had a. We had a
0: year uh, in Kansas, yeah we had a
1: uh, <laughs> uh, what do you call it, a swear Bob jar Bull State. Not, not a not a not a not a swear jar, but we had sure. a sure we had a an allotment understood. of curse words understood. that we were allowed to get away with That's Bob bol, and yeah. we had to <laughs> and we had to um use them gently, yeah, and so we could say damn, we couldn't say goddamn we could say ass, we couldn't say asshole we could understood we could um Shit,
0: that's a that's a bridge word. That was
1: the one. Uh huh. Now, as far as I'm concerned, shit is one of the funniest no question. words. No question. When <laughs> you when when appropriate perfunctorily yes used yes you know is perfunctory the right that's way. Whatever. A word? You what know, word? Yeah, probably. A, it, when, when when used appropriately. Now, if you just well, what the shit is this? And shit and shit and blah yeah. blah blah blah, yeah. blah. Anything gets overdone. Absolutely. So the The artistic director of the theater literally was like, "We get one a season.
0: Nice if it's necessary. Use it if right. it's necessary. Use it appropriately." And we
1: had this. We did this. Show, I will never forget. We did this show uh, called Moon Over Buffalo. It was about this this family that traveled around and they they acted. Um, they were actors, um, and they either did Cyrano de Bergerac or Noel Coward's Private Lives. <laughs> Those were the two shows okay. that they did. okay. And the main actor got drunk one night and he's like, but I've got to make the show And he puts on the costume for Cyrano and everything and he walks on stage and they're in the middle of private lives.
0: Oh my God.
1: And the the humor comes from obviously, no doubt the cast that's on stage trying to be like trying to explain him away to the audience
2: <laughs> right he's the elephant trying to explain this no away no doubt
1: and at one point the girl the da- his daughter actually is like daddy fuck <laughs> and he looks down and he sees like his codpiece or whatever right. in his nose and he looks up yeah. and he goes shit <laughs> And that moment of realization is such I a bet. strong, and that was our one. Oh yeah! And, and every single night, the audience, we didn't get a single letter about it. Got it? Not a single letter. No, I get it. I get right? it. But there were other times where we people would write and say, yeah. well, we didn't appreciate this yeah. or that or the other thing." And that was maybe because in the script, it was, it was, it could be viewed as more gratuitous yeah. than necessary. Yeah. yeah. I suppose that's. It's all. interpretation Uh, interpretation it's all it's all you know it's hard to offend me yeah me too Uh, no so so wait
0: interesting comment i appreciate that i'm glad to hear that by the way 20 years difference sure you can't offend me i don't give a flying fuck what you say (laughs) to me you can call me every name. You can call my mother names, my kids names, my wife name. I don't care. Okay. Guess what? It's words. Because the athletics Not,
1: play like well, little
0: sissies. You
2: know, oh yeah.
0: You motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> my, my my point though is I I just by taking that this I made the decision decades ago, sure. probably in the eighties, that if I and I I read it in the book, you know, if you take a life uh, that you cannot be offended, that pretty much nothing can touch you in terms of interfering with what your goals are. Sure. I don't know if it's true or not. I mean, I've gotten angry a couple of times, but I kept oh, myself. Oh yeah. The point is though, if you take that standpoint, where a fe- yeah, being offended is almost like a, it's a sign of weakness. Now, you, now again, I'm a white male in America, <laughs> right? So my perspective is very n- limited. Ab- Your scope so, is terribly limited. Ab- yeah. Absolutely. So I am open to others' ideas, and I don't. I definitely don't look look down upon anyone who is offended for any reason if i ever did and i have on occasion offended folks but they've been kind enough to tell me why sure i will take that into you know and and I, i haven't always agreed sometimes i have
1: the point is well, I you don't get. To, you don't get to say. I, I don't. If I come to you and I say you offended me, you don't get to say no, I didn't. No, 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 that's not what I right? mean. You know, no, but, no, but, no, 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 You're right, and that's great. No, that, no, I can't speak to what right, you feel.
0: Right, absolutely. Right. But I, but what I believe to be true or not, whether I think you're being a pussy or not, it's not a story. <laughs> I'm just saying. But, but but you're right. I can, and none of us should ever dictate how anyone should feel. Right. But the point is. I've been able to sit back and say, well, you know, that's just like uh, wasn't it? the intent wasn't there, and da, da, da. but in the end, it doesn't matter if someone is offend offended. I guess by what I said, that I want to make amends. That's that's just my nature. I want to do right. that, even if I don't like the person. Sure, I want to make amends. But where does that leave us in terms of entertainment? I, I mean, like in, in you're a magician, you're also an entertainer. entertainer so you're you're live. You're there doing it head to head, face to face. So. You're In Hollywood Everything's scripted It's edited sure. It's overdubbed You have none of that If you fuck up one night Really I mean That could ruin your career If you Think about it If you it have could. If you have one bad exchange With a heckler Right Michael Richards Kramer Kramer Remember that yep. nonsense Yep And he was wrong I listened to that He yep. was out of his He was wrong What the
1: hell was he doing Well that was fight or flight okay. That was fight or flight I mean he was totally wrong But he, he started to get attacked he started to get attacked. He defended his territory, and he was defending his territory, and he just did it in the wrong way. Right, he was wrong. He see, was a one wrong. like
0: one bad decision can like ruin a free. So you yeah. you guys have to be guarded. Then you are guarded to some degree. Uh,
1: look, I have to I have to hope that if I am ever put in a position where I have to deal with a heckler or a yeah. heckle or something, because yeah. that's it. Because my show is scripted. Yeah, my show yeah. is yeah. scripted. I could show it to you. I could write. I could hand yeah. you the script. You could watch my yeah. show and follow along. Mm-hmm. Um. I suppose where that leaves me in particular, I can't speak for anybody else. Sure, sure. But I just have to hope that when I'm put in that situation, that that morals and common sense will prevail, and that's it.
0: And it has this point.
1: At, yeah, 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 thus far, sure. Yeah. yeah. And if I can, you know, it, I can I can see how I, yeah, I, I don't know. I choose to again. Look at it from the other side. Why, why yep. are you? That's a
0: great example, by the way.
1: How did you get here? Why are you feeling that you have to? Well, what's the other side of the coin? Well, you're blitzed out of your mm-hmm. mind. Yeah. He doesn't know what he's talking right. about. Right. Maybe there is certainly something that's going on that I have no idea. He's Id- not talking about me at this moment, by the way. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, maybe I have no idea. Right. I have no idea. You have no idea. You have sure. no idea what anyone else's journey is other than your own, mm-hmm. and. Uh, the way I choose to react in the moment hopefully will be the, the, the stand-up correct way to do it.
0: So, I'll close it with this, to, 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 to kind of like bridge what you just said. Uh, there's 20 years between us, but I will tell you what I love about what I see now is that I love the younger generations, both of them, as, as, a, as media will identify them, yours and the one below you. Sure. Because there's an openness, there's a frankness and as an older person i always think well you're naive no, it's not naive. There's just a difference of uh there's a there's a fresh perspective. Sure. And i think shame on us at our our point not to understand that number one y'all going to be running the world number one so we better like be, be nice to you and you're probably be taking care of us when we're retired as well. Yeah. But ultimately there's a we're we're in a more open society. And yes, with that openness and with that that different kind of thought comes you know what? There's going to be some people that are like saying, "Hey, that's not right." What Richard Pryor said in '78, while maybe funny to that generation, it doesn't translate anymore. Right. So there's got to be some validation in that stuff, and I, I think I'm open enough to get that. Right. I just hope that we don't get so sterile, and and people aren't looking to be so offended that we don't take humor out of life because
1: laughter is everything. It's the best medicine. Yeah. If I can't make it funny, I won't do it. How I can't about that? do it. I can't do it. I will do it, but I will have been funny just prior to it. Got it. You know, if I yeah. can't if I if I can't figure it out, it, it Life there's so much so many serious things that are going on, mm-hmm. whether it's mm-hmm. whether it's some of it's all nonsense anyway. Sure. And it but it doesn't matter. I don't get to tell you what's important. Absolutely right. And so Absolutely because right. of that, I look, I'm here as an entertainer. I'm, I I wanna see You're that. an escape. I, I'm an escape. I am the impossible dream that that you came to see, like mm-hmm. my uncle said. I don't need to see that. If I want to see that, I'll go out on my back porch. <laughs> That's a sad commentary on what he dealt with, right? Yeah. Well, and he is, he's, I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm not making this up. He said to me verbatim, your aunt saved, you know, I, I had a, she, there's no reason that she should have gone with me, quote unquote, you know, like they used to yeah, say, we're yeah. going together. Yeah. There's no reason. I was one of these kids from this side of the tracks. Right, right, She right. changed my life. Yeah. And, you know, you look at that and you and he, and now I have the perspective Sure. Of being able to say, "Oh, I get it now." And honestly, what we were talking about when we were disagreeing about Sweeney Todd Mm -hmm. was apples and oranges. No question. He was talking about the theme of the show, the overarching feeling of the show. What I thought too. I was talking about the story, the art, the Mm -hmm.
0: the music, the lyrics. How? Oh oh my God, it's incredible. And his generation, my generation, couldn't probably get there. We couldn't get through. Some of the
1: hard part of that, right? Yeah, but the other and the other point of it is, is I'm my background is in theater, so that's how I look at things. Sure, my glasses are r- yep. not I wouldn't say rose tinted, but you know they are. And,
0: and, and Michael, I'll end I'll end it in this way. What I love about your generation, the generation coming up behind you, is you guys, you gals, can see more than we are. We're I I honestly feel that we even when we were younger. We were raised in a very narrow scope, narrow optic kind of life. Sure. And shame on us if we can't understand that who is coming up behind us now in this world to keep America great is actually seeing things on a broader base. Right. Shame on us. It, it's it's And yes, we're going to have to make some sacrifices. Yes, some things that were funny in the 70s, early 80s, mid 80s, you know what, it doesn't fly today. We have to understand, look, it's not right anymore. Right. But at the same time, we hope that there's brevity. Is that right, right? We make sure that uh, make sure it's not over an overreach and we still keep humor and entertainment and magic right. available. Sure. We don't we don't wax it all out as being well, that might offend, you know, one person living in Iowa with this condition. I mean, we have to be somewhat
1: right. rational, right. right? I mean Right. Well if you can't if you can't if if I can look at life and I can make fun of Situations that I right. that I encounter, and and my situations are different than anyone mm. else's. Just like yours are different than mine. Sure. Just like, etc. 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 Right. Um. And so I look at it every night. as my job is to walk out on stage and make you happier than you were when you sat Absolutely. down. Absolutely. And and hopefully I can do that. Would you? I could. I would. I could be happy to demonstrate with a trick. Would you like? Let's to see do, do it. A trick? Absolutely. I'm waiting yeah. for it. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll, you know what I'm going to do for you? I'm going to do the cups and balls. <laughs> I just thought it was funny sound. I know, That's all I said. I know, but I'm going to do it for Let's you. Do it. Let's I'm gonna, do it. I'm going to present it for you. This is how. This is one of the ways I close my show on the ship. All right. It's apropos. Yeah. I and clo- by the way,
0: this has been great. Thank oh, you. Oh, it's been my pleasure to be this here. it has been great. It's been my absolute pleasure to be here. Um, and for those listening on audio, you must go seek out on YouTube at com Vimeo, seek out the visual version
1: of the show. Oh, yeah. So the cups of ball. I'm going to stand up. Yeah, I don't know if we can do it. Hold on. We're going to fix that. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. We'll be right back after these messages. No, no, no. We're, we're, <laughs> this, is, this is live, buddy. We're all, right. all good. No, don't zoom in on that. That's, you know, no bueno. All right, you're good. All right. So, well, I to, do I have to stand up? Do you have to stand up? No. No, well, okay. maybe, at, maybe at the end if you liked it. All I don't right. know. Yeah, 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 yeah. But for now, I'm good. I'm for good. now, you're good. I don't all all right. Know, right. know how this is. I've never done this attached to so many wires oh, before. Oh, you're good, man. You're good. All right, let me get
0: you got to rise above.
1: Yeah, I'll figure it out. Uh, All right, we'll work. We'll figure it out. All right, so the cups and balls is the oldest trick in recorded magic history. (laughs) It is. This is not, this is no bullshit. Oldest trick in recorded magic history. Court jesters used to perform this trick for the pharaohs to entertain their families. They did. They did. They did. It uses three cups, three balls, and a magic wand. Now, the cups and balls is sort of a rite of passage uh, for magicians. Okay. It it is, in fact, a rite of passage for magicians. Uh, Any magician worth their salt. Um, understands how to perform this trick uh what you're about to see is my version uh in fact uh, the cups and balls was actually printed on the hi- uh, in the hieroglyphics of the pyramids in egypt in fact if there are any egyptologists listening this evening this today you understand the cups and balls is spelled beetle 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 sideways guy Snake. Yeah. That's how you spell it. Yeah. Okay. It was so popular, it was printed in the hieroglyphics. So popular, it was printed in the lower glyphics. It was all over the place. But uh, the cups three <laughs> balls. Three cups, three balls. All right. And a magic wand. All right, let's go. Okay, now the magic wand is the most important part of the trick. It represents the magician's power. You can take the wand, give it a squeeze, and you get a little baseball there at the tip of the wand. That is baseball, for cup baseball. number one. A little baseball, that's right. Uh, that's for cup number one. For cup number two, you take the wand, give it a spin and a tap. You get a little baseball right there from? at your finger. All right, okay. you can actually take the wand, use it to perform more than one type of magic in the effect, you can actually tap some magic on top of the center cup, and solid will go straight through, solid, that's an impossible penetration, impossible, <laughs> doesn't work okay. that way, Doesn't. Whoop, oh, that's not real, it didn't happen, you didn't see it, it didn't happen, impossible, that's ball number one for cup number one, ball number two for cup number two, okay. for cup number three, I just take the wand, spin it once, twice, tap, and you get the third ball right where you want it, on top of the third cup. <laughs> that's three balls <laughs> that's all three okay balls. okay all right all right we'll try it again and Watch. Sh- that's right uh, in fact uh now a lot of people get nervous they think this is sort of like the three shell game like i'm going to try to take your money not the case I i'll show money, you how it works nowhere. yeah it's fine <laughs> uh, what you do is you put the first ball in your hand then you take the wand you push the wand through the hand then the ball disappears that's number one i'll do it again with cup number two that's wrong i know i'll do it again with cup number two uh here's the ball we'll do it exactly the same way just a little different with a spin and a tap that ball disappears i'll do it again with the third one and this time i will leave my hand open so that you can see the moment that this ball disappears That's one. Okay. Oh, <laughs> that's <wow>. two. <laughs> that's three. That's three balls under each cup. That's ball number one under cup number one. <sighs> ball number two under cup number two. Ball number three under cup number three. Now, oh man! I'm gonna ask you if you'd like to pick a cup, Eric. Pick a cup. Cup number one. Cup number two. Cup number three. Two. In Spanish, that's uno dos tres. Dos. In French, that's un deux trois. In dos. German, that's eins zwei drei. Dos. In Japanese, that's ichi ni san. Dos. In Roman, that's I I I I I I. I. I'd say. Dos. <laughs> okay. We'll take the ball out from middle uh, underneath the second cup, put it on the end of the one and put it where? Under cup 1 or 3? It's up to you. 3. Under cup number 3 we'll take it for a little walk over to cup 3 if it worked. Should be gone from there. <laughs> there should be two over there. That's your choice. Good call, man. <laughs> that's bullshit. I know. I'll that's do it bullshit. again. I'll do it again. I'll do no, it again. No, that's bullshit. I know what you're thinking. What if you were to pick up number 1? I'll take the ball invisibly out from underneath cup number 2, put it over here under cup number 1 if it worked. Should still be one there. None there. Two uh, over there. Uh, now I know what you're thinking. Here's the thing. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, sure, what's what's all this one and three nonsense? I picked cup number two. I do cup two differently. See, now that's gone. That's gone. And they're all together in oh, the center. Oh, bullshit. They're all together in the center. <laughs> now, I'll tell you what. How are we going to end this? I understand that it's a little difficult for you to follow. There's three cups, three balls, two hands, ten fingers, a magic wand. Someone put the idiot on a microphone. It's a lot. I'll make this as easy for you as I can. Watch. That's one. Just with the tip of the wand. That's two. That's three. I'll even put down the wand. And then I'll take the first ball, put it away into the pocket. And I'll take the second ball, put it away into the pocket. And I'll take the third ball, put it away into the pocket. Am I moving too fast? No. Okay, because if I was, I could do it again. You take the first ball, put it away into the pocket. Bullshit! You want me to slow it down further? I take the second ball, put it away into the pocket. (laughs) Slower? So you take the third Bullshit. ball, put it away into the pocket. Now look, would you be impressed if I could take this ball, make it disappear, and yeah. then reappear under any <laughs> cup you named? Watch, I'll just take it with a little blow, and the ball disappears. It's going to be, it's going to be, so, I'm kidding, it's right here. I'm trying right thought I sucked it into my, that's oh. not, it's right here. Now if I would take this ball, make it disappear, and reappear under any cup you named, would that be impressive? Yes. I can't do that.
0: Okay, no, I can't,
1: because all I have to do is snap, and when I snap... You never know what'll turn up. You three. Get, you get it? Oh, three? Cup number three? Turn up. See? Oh. That's a turn up. That's a lime. That's <laughs> Get the fuck out of that's here. That's a potato. <laughs> that's the baseball. That's oh the cups my and balls. God. That's the cups oh my and God, balls, dude. man. Oh, my
0: God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Michael Misko. <gasps> the magic of Michael Misko. <laughs> Thank you, pal. You're very welcome. This has my pleasure. And how
1: can I contact you? Uh, you can get to me. My I'm online at miscomagic.com, M-I-S-K-O-M-A-G-I-C, magic, miscomagic.com. You can find me on Facebook, The Magic of Michael Misco, Miscomagic. Yes, magic, connect me with me on that. Facebook. Yeah, yeah Facebook is great. Um, at Miscomagical, will get you right oh. to me. And uh, you can email me at michael at miscomagic.com. I would love to work for you and your company.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're starting to do corporate gigs yeah, now. Yeah. Right? I,
1: I am working with corporations now, wow. which is uh, I'm, I'm uh, working as uh, goodwill ambassadors with corporations, Good uh, for you. which is really interesting. It's really cool. I'm, uh, you know, I, for them, I, I act as an audience engagement specialist. I and love that uh, phrase. Uh, I, he is I, an
0: audience engagement specialist. Well,
1: I, I help companies, uh, corporations connect with their people in yeah. a good, fun, meaningful, and more importantly, Absolutely. Uh, memorable way. And oh, uh it's, it, been a, it's
0: been a friggin' so, lovely, it's been an honor and it's been a really good, awesome time today.
1: I've had a great time.
0: Yeah. All right. Thanks, Again,
1: sir. Michael Misco. My pleasure. Eric McGanner
0: Project, Michael dot com, Facebook Michael Misco. Right? MiscoMagic.com.
1: Magic. Miskomagic, you go to michaelmisco.com, me. you don't know what you're going to see. Those were years ago. I was in <laughs> college. Guys, I needed the know, money. It was a a
0: MiscoMagic.com. <laughs> yes. Yeah, All funny. right, fair enough. We'll see y'all. God bless.